0: Warning. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of Clan Imperial Guard, Radio Link Net, or their sponsors. This show is intended for a mature audience only. Parental discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Three four. Three four. Three four. You're listening to the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard in the Emperor's Court. Powered by the Clan Imperial Guard Online Gaming Radio Network. Yeah, baby, that's the way I like it. All this energy comes- Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Cleveland Effect does rock. This is the Emperor of Clan Guard coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio tonight. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Emperor's Court, the best show in the online gaming radio life network thing. You know what the hell I'm saying. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we get started here, we have a lot of topics tonight. This is a special edition of The Emperor's Court. Normally, traditionally, we only go till 10 p.m. Eastern Standard. Tonight, we're going until at least 11 o'clock, and there's a couple reasons why. Uh, the First being that I have not been able to do the show in the last two weeks. As you know, I went on vacation. I was in Baltimore, Maryland last weekend for the anime convention Oticon. 2006 I was there if you uh, haven't seen uh, uh, my videos I have posted some videos of me and Mystic Mim walking around with of course my very smart ass commentary running along with it it's about 20 minutes long broken up into 4 parts for your downloading ease and pleasure you can find that at one if you prefer I've also got uh, about uh, 25 or so pictures up also on the website and on the forums at one you can go ahead and take a look there as well No commentary, but I think you can pretty much understand what I was going uh, with the picture. Anyways, folks, like I said, this is the rear radio talk show on online gaming on the Internet. Obviously, because it's online gaming, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank our sponsors, also the Harbor Blue Group. That's HarborBlueGroup.com. Go there for all your e-commerce needs. I want to appreciate. I appreciate them. I want to thank them publicly again for uh, footing the bill, putting this up, sponsoring the radio station, and everything that goes along with it. I am also happy to announce that within the next week, I'm actually hoping this week, we will be debuting a new show. It will air on Thursday nights. Uh, I believe it's going to air around, I think, 7 or 8 p.m. Check the website for details. Uh, It'll be the third show on the network. We've been working on it uh, behind the scenes for a while. You're going to be surprised. uh, The person doing it has actually a lot of qualifications. Uh, More information to come on that. So we hope to debut it this coming week. Again, look for uh, information on onesyoureborn.com. I want to give a shout-out to some of my uh, wounded brethren tonight, uh, schizophrenic uh, who is listening to us in the hospital. Dude, pump it up so the people in the uh, intensive care wing can hear me. So, uh, shout out to him and Sinvicta, who's also feeling under the weather. And, of course, uh, Moulton for uh, obvious reasons. So, hope you three are getting better so we can get you back in action. No, I'm not going to go into the various uh, problems. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get in the conversation before we kick it off here, uh, you can join us in IRC. That's an irc.solidirc.com. We are in channel 1G. If you'd like to hit us up on AOL's instant messenger, you can do so at EMP, the number one, the letter G. EMP1G. Also, tonight, since a lot of you have been requesting this as of late, you can also find me on XFIRE. For anybody who's using XFIRE, it's Emperor1G, all one word, not hard. E M P E R O R, the number one, the letter G. You can tune in and uh, talk to me through XFIRE as well, should you choose. Or if you just want to lay back and listen, you can do that too. All right things to talk about all right we know i i don't know let let let, the know how the hell somebody listens to internet radio in the hospital i'm guessing it's because he has a wireless um uh, card on his uh laptop and he's tuning in that way would be my guess all right topics of the night like i said uh the burning crusade a lot of information has been recently released game-altering ideas and plans for the Burning Crusade for the World of Warcraft. We're going to go into that. E3, of the Electronics Ex- Expo's blah 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 blah, Electronic Entertainment Expo has been cancelled. We're going to go into that too. <coughs> and of course, I want to go into my experiences at Otacon, including the gaming panels that I was in, the gaming room that I saw, and of course, some people that recognize the voice, if not the look. So, lots to talk about. We're going to 11. We're going to do what we can, so stick with us. Alright, first up, let's talk about E3. This has been the premier um, expo, the premier outlet for information coming from the different uh, video game uh, manufacturers, companies would have you, to release upcoming information, debut games, concepts. This previous E3, we came, well, uh, came away with Blizzard announcing a live-action World of Warcraft movie. Uh, they came away with uh, the fact that PlayStation uh, or Sony released information on the PlayStation, PlayStation 3, and Nintendo released information about the Nintendo Wii, which is going to be supposedly the next generation of casual gaming. And, of course, the big brouhaha about Sony PlayStation 3s costing 600 bucks and what have you. So, I'm of two minds about this. I can understand the point of view coming from the different vendors who are saying, this costs too much money for us to go. It's not enough exposure. Nobody seems to care that much. We can do better making our own press releases or making our own mini conventions rather than forking over the money to have one large convention every year. Now, for those who don't know, E3 is actually funded by the video, the different uh, companies within the industry. That's what they do. It's supposed to be... You know, they're coming out party for whatever it is that they have debuting that year or in the future. Concepts, games, etc. You know this as well as I do. And I'm not really sure I understand their whole point about not getting a whole lot of exposure. Because the simple fact is, the things that we talk about online, it's not just us, but internet bloggers, websites like GameSpot and IGN, and etc. They all do huge, Blue News, all do huge write ups on E3. And you've got, you know, even CNN was there for E3. Of course, they were showing a lot of World of Warcraft shit. The point is, they were there. There was information getting out. It's in the magazines like Computer Gaming World and, you know, uh, uh, PlayStation you know Power or whatever the hell it is. I understand Asians saying that it's not supposed to be a convention, it's supposed to be a press event. And that's true because not, you know, Joe Schmoe can't walk up and get a, a pass and go in. I understand that. But this to me is a huge blow to the industry in my, my personal opinion. E3 was something everybody looked for. everybody knew if you knew somebody who's going to E3 was a mystical quality you know it was, how the hell did you get in who do you know who did you sleep with that kind of thing It's not easy. And now it's gone. and another uh, part that's another comment that's been brought up by a lot of people in the community. Has been the fact that people never really cared about the games in in recent years. It was more about the booth babes and uh, what kind of display did they have up. Well, of course that goes hand in hand, I guess, but it has always been about the games. It wasn't about the booth babes, I, you know. And for these different industry people who you know have never seen a woman, I, I suppose it might have been a big deal. Do you think any of the women there cared or knew what the hell they were doing? I'm dressed as a what? I'm dressed as Link. Who's Link? To me it's a big it's a blow to the industry because here is your your Super Bowl, as it were. Your Indianapolis five hundred. People come from all over the world to see what is coming up in games for this is the Cannes Festival for Hollywood. And they've killed it. Now I believe and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they are currently have the funding in place uh, for an E3 for 2007, but there are no plans for them to continue it past th- next year. After that, pfft, it's done. Sen so saying, the new E3 expo will take shape over the next several months. As currently envisioned, it will still take place in Los Angeles. Describe ESA uh, will focus on press events and small meetings with media, retail development, and other key factors. 2007 will not feature the large trade show environment of previous years. And this is where I think you uh, sent him, by the way. And this is where I have a problem with it. You have to make it a big deal. And this goes back to a conversation we've had time and again on this show, as well as you know people we talk about in Guild Chat when we're playing World of Warcraft, uh, things that we talk about on, on the forums and what have you. It's the fact that if you want to take gaming to the next level, to get it recognized by the mainstream media, to get it recognized by mainstream, not just America, but world in general. Which has been the goal of a lot of us. You need a big event that draws attention like this. It's supposed to be a carnival. It's supposed to be a big spectacle. That's the entire idea. is To draw attention to the games that you are releasing. I mean, if Sony p- pumps out the fact on their website that, Oh, we're going to sell the PlayStation 3 for 600 bucks, Do you think it would still have the same kind of impact? and the fact that they released it to a live crowd and they were slammed down. To me, it's more important because there you are. You have a live crowd to react to. You have people there. I didn't say it was canceled sent and I said past 2007, that's not going to be the same show, or there are no plans to keep it the same way. Oh, way to go, Left. I think this is a bad idea, and I understand they're reading and saying that it's gonna be small media uh, meetings, and we're gonna bring small people in so they can see. You know what? If that's the yeah, exactly. Matt Cox saying the 599 U.S. dollars and the wrong, the Lex Luthor, you're the man now, dog. If anybody hasn't seen that, it's actually pretty funny, but with um, Kevin Spacey, good actor by the way, great actor, one of my favorites. <laughs> Here, I was trying to do discrete math while listening. Agent, Agent Estates saying that video games move into the mainstream media without E3. Wall Street Journal breaking the story on WoW on the World of Warcraft expansion. Yeah, but you know what? That's few and far between. And, and World of Warcraft is, is an exception, not the rule. And only because they have 6.5 million subscribers. You, you can't ignore World of Warcraft because it's as big as it is. It's just there. Now, does World of War does uh, Wall Street Journal you know break the story on the new uh, Final Fantasy XIII that's being built uh, for online play by Square and Enix? I bet you didn't know that. They showed us parts of it at Oticon and it looks phenomenal. Phenomenal. Okay, I bet they didn't break the story on I don't know, pick something Halo Two, which I actually saw being discussed. We talked about this after E3. Uh, Halo, no, it was Halo 3, I'm sorry, Halo 3 was discussed on the best damn, show, best damn sports show, period. And again, why were they discussing it? Because they saw it at E3. I don't think it's going to have the same kind of impact. I don't think it's going to have the same kind of mystique that it has had in years previous. That's just me. That's my opinion. Okay. Uh, some of you in here agree with me, some of you disagree. The IRC chat's getting fast and furious here. But you need a giant spectacle. You need something to draw attention. You need to say, here we are. There's a hell of a lot of people that want to pay attention to see what's going on. We're a market that has to be dealt with and not ignored. Somebody, who is it, Fritz? Yeah, I think it's Fritz, who's in Germany. Uh, Actually, Ruggle left, just came back. Uh, Fritz from our clan is in Germany. And said that they have a gaming network, a gaming show, just for that. And I thought that was pretty cool. We don't have that here, and don't tell me oh, uh, you've got Tech TV G four. No, 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 that does not count. That is not even remotely close. Yes, I understand. I get that. I get that. I understand that point. Just the same, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even mind if there was a rival company that wanted to come out and do something. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I gotta go take care of something real quick. I'll be back in just a minute to listen to these cool tunes. Again, two minute break real quick. I just gotta grab a drink. My throat's getting dry. Be back in just a second. opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment that you capture just let it slip Yo, he's so mad but he won't give up Daddies, he know he won't have it he knows his whole back these ropes. it don't matter he's dope he knows that but he's broke he's so stacked that he knows when he goes back to this mobile home that's when it's back to the lab again yo this old rhapsody better go capture his moment and hope it don't do it you lose his mouth in the music the moment you own it you better never let it go you only get one shot do not miss your chance to blow it's the opportunity chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. So soul's escaping through this hole that is gaping. This world is mine for the taking. Make me king as we move toward a new world order. A normal life is boring, but superstardom's close to post-mortem. It only grows harder. Homie grows hotter. He blows it's all over. These holes is all on him. Coast to coast shows All right. Oh, that's so much better. I don't know why. It just It's really dry here. Actually, in Cleveland, it's been a great weekend so far. And I went to the Indians game on uh, Friday because I just graduated college. Got both of my bachelors. And I actually won't have the diploma till October because it takes them three months to send it to me. I'm not entirely sure why. But I uh, had my exit interview with my professors and everything went well. So I'm getting my bachelors of history and my bachelors of social studies. I've got two. And an associate's in English. Hot damn. So I am done, officially, finally, thank God. So I went to the Indians game Friday. I'm getting off on a tangent because we were talking about E3. I understand that. And I'll tie it in, somehow. And, oh, it was a great game. We got two free tickets from some lady sitting on the rapid station. She gave us uh, two $23 tickets for a view box at Jacobs Field. Oh, great friggin' seats. And we got to see the uh, Indians come from behind, bottom of the ninth. Triple by Grady Sizemore down the left field line to score three runs, went 4 to 3 Hell yeah. Anyways, it's been a beautiful weekend. It's been in the 70s, not humid, no, no rain, no et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Robo Studios is like, yeah, watch out. They'll probably spell your name wrong. That yeah, wouldn't that be the case. Thanks, everybody, for your congratulations. It's been a long road to hoe. But hey, it's done, and now I can start looking for yet another real job. Yay. (laughs) I just wanted to finish to say I did. I'm quite secure in the job I have now, but eh, not that I wouldn't mind exploring for something else. At any rate, how is this tie to E3? Well, it doesn't. I just wanted to brag that I just finished college. (laughs) I'm talking about soccer. What? Shut up, tear off. Apparently, a lot of you disagree. I'm a little surprised by this. I'm a little shocked. A lot of you disagree with me on the uh, E3 issue. A lot of people uh, sitting actually on X-Fire, too, which is kind of cool, which we haven't done before, but uh, X-Fire and uh, AIM uh, tell me that you disagree that E3 was more hype than hope and and it, it didn't really have any subs- substance behind it. It was just, you know, TNA next to game booths. Well, yeah, uh, that was kind of the point. <coughs> like, what the hell do you think is going to grab people's attention? Alright, Asian of State It says, E3 is exciting, I'll admit that, but the closest I get to following the stuff on the web, if all the major companies release stuff at the same time, it would be close, like a virtual E3. Yeah, the problem is you'd have to get a lot of companies to uh, agree to that, and they're not necessarily going to. You know, what happens if you get, let's say, the next generation, next next generation of consoles is getting ready to come out, and you have Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo all agree to release the information on the same day on, say, one specific website. Oh, but then Microsoft goes ahead and they blows, the, uh, uh, blows the deal by appearing first, by releasing their information first. What then? At least this way, you actually have everybody showing up at one time to release their information. Everybody goes to one specific location expecting to see or hear, you know, what have you. This about this system, this about this game, etc. All right, for those of you tuning in, this is the Emperor of the Emperor's Court, and we're discussing the demise of E3 as we know it, the Electronic Entertainment Expo that has been going on in Los Angeles, I think now for what, 8, 10 years? And they're basically, what they're, they're retooling and downsizing what E3 really is. Instead of the great extravaganza of gaming that it has been in years past, to a more smaller, intimate meeting with media and retailers and bullshit. You are supposed to be marketing to the gamers as well as the media. You're supposed to be marketing to us. People like me. People like you. Who go to these websites. At, you know, IGN or, or go to GameSpot or whatever your outlet of information is. You know, you download the video. You go to... You know the ITG streaming, whatever the hell it is, when they were there, and you listen, and you watch, and you see. There's an interest there, so why why the change? It's just a money saving uh, venture, and it, it kind of pisses me off. Throughout the saying that the uh, uh, Penny Arcades uh, Expo for the new E3 for 2007, it you know very well might be. They certainly have enough attention. They certainly have enough people paying attention to what they're saying. I don't really follow PAX, so I couldn't say, you know, with any kind of definitive uh, authority. Michael Hawk saying he agrees they need to downsize E3. You know, they need to make it more like a Comdex instead of a DEFCON. Go away. Don't use terminology. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, speaking of terminology I didn't understand about, look, I get it. I get it. It was from Silent Hill. For those of you who do not understand what it is I'm lamenting about, if you download, I think it's part 2 or part 3 of my video uh, from Otakani, take a look at it. I saw these guys with giant pyramid hats on their heads, and I couldn't figure out what the hell they were from. And I saw people wearing shirts with this. It's from Silent Hill 2. Blinn filled me in. He, he set me right. I never played Silent Hill. I don't care for those horror games. That's a, that's a Baron von Gosu game. I don't play that crap. Hell, I spent all the entire time in the game room bagging on the console gamers. you have to download that and see it for yourself. But, you know. And it's more player-focused. It says agent. Alright. DJ, Divine Justice is in the house. Our IRC operator. Good to have you in, sir. Well, of course it was player-based, that was the whole point. Yes, and there was cosplayers there too. A few, but there were. I'm talking E3, not Otakon. I'll try to keep them separate the conventions here. And of course it's player-based player, player based and focused. It's supposed to be, like I said. You're not trying to just attract the attention of the media. You're not just trying to attract the attention of retailers. You've got to attract the attention of your customer base, man. That's me. That's you. If you come out with a bunch of bullshit and say, Oh, we crapped off this game. We're not going to buy it you've got to post you got to show the goods such as it is I mean look at how pe- how many people went ape when they saw the Final Fantasy VII. the, the what was it the uh, opening trailer and the uh, uh, oh I hate to spoil the game for all three of you who haven't played it tear off and the scene where uh, Aeris dies and they put her in the water Ow. and they showed it on the new uh, technology on the uh, PlayStation 3. The place went nuts. Now, if you download that, and here's why... Okay, th- this is what I was getting to with the Indians game. Right, let's see if I can put it into to focus here. I'm going to turn away from the computer so I don't get distracted by your inane shatter. You ever been to a movie where you see something, something silly or stupid happens, and it's something you wouldn't ordinarily laugh at but because there's a thousand other people in the, in the theater with you, you all laugh because it's collectively more funny than it should be. It's funnier than it is. That if you were watching the same video at home, by yourself or with your significant other, like Tiroth and Dalen, and you were watching a movie, like in their case they were watching like Bambi, and something happened that was funny, you wouldn't probably laugh if it wasn't you know absolutely hysterical. You know, it's the same thing when I was at Otacon, It's the same thing with going to the Indians game. If I'm sitting there watching the Indians game at home and a a cool play happens or a run is scored or a come from behind victory, you know, I might, you know, pound the desk, clap my hands, go, yeah, all right. When you're in a stadium with 30,000 other people like I was Friday night and Grady Sizemore rips one down the third baseline, you go friggin' nuts. You're throwing beer on anybody wearing Royals gear. You're throwing peanuts. You're high-fiving the fat guy next to you. Sorry, Highlander. Or, you know, you're high-fiving the moron in front of you wearing the Boston Red Sox hat because he doesn't know what the hell is going on. And there's fireworks going on, and all of a sudden, it's a bigger celebration than it was than if you were alone. E3 is the same way. If you read about, or if you were to download the trailer, if, let's say, it's posted on the Internet, and you download the trailer, that that Final Fantasy VII trailer that were used to show off the spectacular specs of the PlayStation 3, you might think, wow, damn, that's pretty impressive. And may not think more of it. You might post your stupid post on the internet where you know many of other idiots can see it. But you're in a room with 500 other people and you see this. You're experiencing something together. 500 people, 500 of you, you, and 499 other people are seeing the same thing at the same time. And your reactions are far different you're going to be impacted in a far different way. It's going to be imprinted on your mind. You're going to remember that experience. If not just because of what it is you saw, but because you experienced it with other people. It becomes not just personal, it becomes something more... It becomes you as part of a larger group. That's what E3 is. That is what they have. That is what the benefit of it is. The Oticon videos are in the gameplay and video section on the website. Well, you know, one of the points we made is that E3 being canceled is the game companies telling the players to piss off. They don't care what they, what they think. You know, and this goes back to the conversation we had two weeks ago when I asked you, actually the last uh, two of the shows we did a couple weeks ago, when I said, what is it you want to see game companies incorporate in your future games? Things that they weren't doing now. It's the same thing. They don't really care. And that's a problem. There you have it. Anyway, so that's discussion E3. We can bring it up uh, as uh, the night goes on as it is of interest to the rest of you. But it seems to be an interesting topic. Uh, Piano Squall was not at um, Otacon. He sends his regards. He was at... uh, What the hell was it? Anime and Comic Festival or something in San Francisco. Same weekend. Anyways... Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not uh, heard, Blizzard has recently announced two major changes that will take place in the Burning Crusade. That's right. Now, there had been talk and discussion, and hell, even I had said as much, that until we saw something more concrete, there was no reason to believe Blizzard had finally gotten through their thick skulls, that the way they were making the game, raid or die, 40 players or you know or better or the fact that you and five of your buddies and the Chinese guy you hired to play your character to PvP and rank up, playing 24 hours a day, that there was no proof that they had actually changed their mind and changed the the face of the game, making it a more casual friendly. This has changed. I see some of you are new. have not heard this. I'm a little surprised. I would have figured as big as Warcraft is that you all would have heard this from your friend. Two things. And there was, uh, again, there was a bit of a, a question by the community as to whether it was true or not until we actually had uh, confirmation from the community managers on the World of Warcraft forums. First being that they're eliminating the way the player vs. player system is currently set up. Rather than you competing against other people to rank up, to hold a specific rank, to get specific gear. Instead, you're going to accumulate points, which will be spent like currency. For instance, think of it as PvP gold, that you can then use to spend on different items. So, in other words, another, in, instead of having to play all day, every day, for three weeks solid to become, or a month, or two mm-hmm. months to become High Warlord or Grand Marshal or whatever the hell it is, you will only have to kill 10,000 people and collect 10,000 little PvP coins. Then I can run off to the NPC and buy the uber armor that I like. So rather than competing against other people or trying to, you're just going to get, like I see it, a PvP currency that you can collect and then go and buy items with and buy... It's kind of like a, a reputation system, kind of, sort of. So that's a significant change. They are also going to be putting in at least one, one new battleground. So you'll have four going. Now see, Divine Justice brings up, although he's being a smart ass, he brings up an interesting idea. He says, says, Divine Justice buys PvP gold from Chinese farmers. I don't know that it's going to be allowed. I don't think you'll be able to trade or sell PvP currency. It has been mentioned, but i got to believe that you're not going to be able to. To me, that kind of defeats the purpose. I mean, if that was the case, I'd just PvP 24-7. And just sell my earnings. Why bother grinding and killing monsters? Or mobs, rather. RoboSew says, he thinks it sounds like it might be better for world PvP. And I agree. I think it's better for PvP in general. The problem is, and it hasn't been addressed, it really hasn't been, is the fact that you have different guilds on, on different, of these various servers that trade wins. Well, it's not going to be any different. You know, if me and my buddy, the Paladin, you know, trade kills, I get 10 points for killing him. I'll just collect 10 points, 10 points, 10 points as we take turns dying. Yeah, at the end of the night, I got a ton of currency. I know it's early. We're not going to probably see the uh, Burning Crusade until around Thanksgiving would be my would be my guess for a release. I figure in beta will start at the, end of, at the beginning of September and run to the end of October with a month to tweak things before they send it to gold and and they ship it out. I cut out. (laughs) That's odd. It's showing me that I'm still broadcasting. Harold telling me that he, or I, cut out on his stream. I don't know why. I think it's just you, buddy. But no, I don't think you'd be able to trade or sell the currency that you get in player versus player by killing people. I wonder if we get currency for collecting sand and, and... Silithus, God, that still pisses me off. Yeah, so that is one major change, and I tell you, it shows that Blizzard is finally listening. What pisses me off is the fact that they could implement this and should have months ago, a year ago. They're deliberately holding it off. They're deliberately holding it until the expansion that we have to drop another thirty or forty bucks to buy the expansion to get that part, to get that fix. All right, Asians saying that there'll be diminishing returns on kills just like it is now. And I figure that'd be the case. But there isn't any, spe- any specifics on this. And there's a couple questions that I would, I would ask that I would like Carol clarified. Things that you wouldn't want to see exploited. But again, it's very early. This is just getting the information out there. And of course, it's kind of taken a backseat versus the other announcement that they made. And this is where I give Blizzard... More props, bigger props, and that is something that I have done very little over the last year and a half, two years. Actually, it's going to be two years, isn't it? This November, two years. Yeah, I wonder if they'll uh, bring out the Burning Crusade in the uh, what is it, November 11th or 21st, whatever the hell it is, November 4th, whatever it is that uh, World of Warcraft came out. I wonder if they'll bring out the same day on the anniversary. Okay, I'll stop people getting pissed at me because I'm kind of dragging this out to build the suspense. I am sorry. The second major announcement that Blizzard made regarding the Burning Crusade, and this has a whole world of implications, is that the 40-man raid is a thing of the past. It is no more. Next, Ramus will be the last 40-man raid, at least through the expansion of the Burning Crusade. Instead, not only... Will there be new 5, 10, and 15-man raids in the Burning Crusade? But the new uber-raiding number will be 25. Slightly smaller than your Zilgurub and Anchorage 20-man uh, raids. That is what's going to be the new number. The Black Citadel they will have Illidan, the Caverns of Time, etc., etc., will all be 25-man raids. That is huge. And it breaks the back of a lot of uber guilds, if you think about it. Because they've been built to hold 40 men, which means they probably got 120, 130 guys on roster so that they can, you know, pick out people and plug them in as needed when people don't show up or can't make it for whatever reason. Now in of a sudden, 25, this means your your run-of-the-mill average clan has a chance of seeing end-game material that they are ordinarily wouldn't have. What it also means is we're gonna have to wait till we're all level seventy and get thirty people together to go see next Ramus, the end of Next Ramus, the end of Anchorage, the end of Blackwing Lair for those of us who haven't done it. Now those dungeons are going to remain forty man. Those four will remain forty man, they'll stay that way. Next ramus though, right now is the last of them. The new focus is going to be a more casual friendly as far as numbers go. 25 to me is far easier to deal with. Yeah, Okay, hang on. And here it comes. This is what I was waiting for. And I even have it bolted down on my uh, a list of notes of possible responses from the audience. Here it comes. And this is what is being discussed on the World of Warcraft forums as we speak. is the fact that even though there's only 25 people, you're still going to need to raid 5 and 6 hours a night to do it. That is distinctly possible, and that's a completely different problem. It's, it's linked, but it's still different. It's similar. It's a, a synonym, but it's different. This is far easier to do for a lot of clans to get 25 people together. Instead of having to compete against each other, for, instead of having to try and convince you know dozens and dozens of players to come together, get together, work in groups of 40, which is difficult not just difficult to coordinate like for instance our clan coordination is not a problem we we pick things up very quickly we have a system we follow it it works very well the problem is getting forty people together at one time hell sometimes it's hard for us to get twenty people together at one time we went all the way to a car last night with eighteen people for most of it well first things first before we get ahead of ourselves I do want I want to give credit to Blizzard for realizing this and it's taken almost two years and it's taking a lot of and don't think your post didn't matter folks on those forums your flame fests your uh, forum protests your sit ins about 40 man and being 10 hour raids don't think they didn't work I don't care what Blizzard says oh well we don't pay attention to that kind of uh, actions and that kind of attitude yes they do absolutely to do because now the game has changed and in my opinion it has changed for the better i don't have to try and manage 200 people in a clan now i don't have to worry about managing the 147 that we have currently if some people want to take some time off or go on vacation that isn't going to cripple the clan we're going to be able to you know pick people up plug them in place and go what this also does is, this removes the rate advantage, or the gear advantage, that a lot of these different clans have. Getting their tier 3 sets in Rams or their tier 2s through Anchorage. Within 5 or 6 levels, that advantage goes away. Because, through the blues and the other epics that we'll be getting, the superior epic items that we'll be getting as we go from level 60 to level 70. So, basically, with the Burning Crusade at least on paper, for what they've announced, and I am, i will be honest, I will still hold some reservation. I'm still holding back my elation by the simple fact that Blizzard has proven before that they aren't necessarily, uh, they aren't trustworthy in following through their game plan. I can run through examples all through, all you like. Heroes in the game, gone. Weather system, completely different from what they're supposed to. World PvP, a thing of the past. Never, you know, was supposed. never lived up to what it was supposed to be. The fact that Blizzard had these different solutions working on in play, ready to go, and are saving them for the Burning Crusade, just so they can milk $30 out of us, plus the 15 a month we continue to pay. That pisses me off. That makes me wary. Mechock says, The only problem with this is that they might make all of Outlands for people who complete next an and stuff, making the instances ungodly difficult. Yeah, thank you, Asians, language learning, being able to learn learn another um, uh, faction's uh, language. I don't think Hawk that they that they do that, that they would make the outlands off limit for any for people for only people who completed an x Ramus. Everybody else would be would be shut out. The Harrow's saying he's not worried about it, that Blizzard will balance it out, that's their job. Really, Harrow? Are you gonna say the game's balanced now? Because I won't. They've had two years to try and balance the game and they haven't. there's actually who was it there was a, a rumor going around that you wouldn't be able to transfer new character or your old characters over to the new uh, expansion like whatever level 60 character you have now is stuck you can't transfer it over to go after level 7 up to level 7 you can't transfer it over to the burning crusade you have to make a new character and level him all the way up to level 70 i, don't know, I would assume that's not true but the raid or die Mentality has taken a backseat to this. Semi-casuals have are the are the ones who are going to come out smelling like a rose. No, Mega Hawk explaining explaining that, and it's not it's not attunement. He's saying more along the lines of like a level seventy-five roaming elites that will kill people. like the, what is it, the Son of Argyll does in uh, uh, Silver Pine Forest. Right as you come out of the Sepulcher, that sucker's there, and you're like, oh, he's an elite, let's get him. Oh man, I remember that. Story time. When I was level, I think, 18, it was me, neba Shmi, I think Metal Spine, and somebody else. Ah, it's irrelevant. Those five of us. And we thought... When we first came out of the Silver Pine Forest and he was there, we were always trying to figure out, can we take this guy down? Because he's elite, and we're all, like, level 18, level 20. I think Shmi was the highest, like, level 27. And he's, like, level 24, and he's elite, and he's the only one there. And he's just kind of roaming around. And at the time, it was, like, the big thing. If you could down, somehow take down this elite, you were like, God. Because some idiot knew would always go running by it, and he get killed. Because he thought it would be one of, this, one of the same little moon walker people that you have to kill a bunch of to complete your quests. And he looks the same, unless you click on his icon and obviously it shows that he's elite. And we must have got, oh, I don't know, we must have wiped five or six times before we finally killed him. And the reason why was two of our spellcasters, me included, could damage him. Because unlike you uh, bow shooters and meleeers where you can actually strike something, even if it's in you know an orange uh, mob to you, If you're a spellcaster and you hit something that's orange or red, you don't do any damage. It's automatically resisted or misses. But the funniest part was, I think it was Neva, was was tanking it, and Metal Spine, the priest, he was, at the time, a very shitty priest, and who knew he was going to end up being that way, uh, didn't heal him right away, didn't shield him. So poor Neva, not knowing what the hell he's doing, kind of runs from it and drags it into the sepulcher. And for whatever reason, the guards didn't aggro on it. The guards didn't come out and kill it. So everybody in the city comes out to start beating on it. The problems are like level 12, level 16s, level 14s. And they all start beating on this and then Neba dies. And all of a sudden now it turns and starts eating everybody else. You must have killed easily 9, 10 people before everybody either left it alone or killed everybody that's aggro list and then ran back into the forest. Absolutely hysterical. And I had screenshots before my computer... Took a dump a couple years ago. Uh, even I got killed. It, it, uh, inadvertently, I didn't mean to fire on it because I knew I couldn't damage after the 5th or 6th battle. I just gave up all hope and I was trying to hit it with my sword. Because I did not have a sword at the time. A couple of you asking, uh, uh, semi casuals is that the way to go? Isn't that what Blizzard's making their money off of? Isn't that what they should be catering to instead of the Mega Raider? Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember... my gaming history. Some years ago... Some years ago, EverQuest had a shift in idea. That they kept on building up and building up... level, 40-man raids, then 70-man raids, and 100-man raids, or what have you. Then, for whatever reason, there was a change in philosophy and they moved it back down to like 40- and 25-man raids, and it ended up killing the game, because over two or three expansions, they had continued to lead people along to make these humongous uber-raiding guilds. And then, in the blink of an eye, they became irrelevant, because now you have a raid that, you know, caters 25 people, or 40 people, and you have a raid, or a guild that's built to run 50 or 100. The numbers aren't necessarily important. It's a simple fact that these, the game have been designed and built to accommodate raids of a lot of players. And it changed. And it ended up killing the game. A lot of people quit. Alright, cool, Mech. I'll play it tonight. Uh, Actually, if you can get 1.6. I think mine is 1.6 for Barbarian Invasion for Rome Total War. I'll kick your ass later. I don't think that's going to be a problem here. This is the first expansion that Blizzard is going to release for the World of Warcraft. You can figure out there's going to at least be a, uh, a second, maybe a third. But the shift is is happening right at the first expansion. So it's not like a lot of raiding guilds are going to be derailed. They're going to have a chance to adjust and continue. You know, and these people who can run 40-man raids, maybe you'll run 250-man raids, or 225-man raids instead. Or you can do 25 man and you can have 15 other guys go and do a 15 man raid somewhere else. But you have to understand, of the six and a half million people that have bought this game, I'm guessing an over overwhelming majority have not seen Molten Core, Blackwing Lair, Anchorage, Ramus, who have no desire to try and, com- and work with 40 other people. You know what? It reminds me of that one jackass from the New York Times, and Lord knows there's enough of them. Remember he did that interview? Who was it with uh, Tiggle? I think it might have been, where he basically says, you know, are you going to change your rating philosophy because f- these people who don't want to work, who don't want to play, you know, forty man raids, simply don't want to work with other people. They're antisocial. They don't want to have to uh, learn teamwork and, and compete with other people. That's that's, that's wrong. It's the wrong way to look at it. Yeah, I know. I understand. What I'm a little surprised about is is the lack of reaction from a lot of you guys about this 25-man raid. It doesn't seem like it's that big a surprise to you. It's a surprise to me. A lot of you don't seem to seem to care much. I'm a little surprised by that too. Well, that's the case. You are antisocial fools. That's why we hate forty man raids. Tiroth hates people. Is it Tiroth hates people or people hate Tiroth? <laughs> Blinn wants us to bring back D O T A nights. I don't see why we could do that. No, the problem is with our rating schedule now. We've gone from, yeah, we'll raid two nights a week to, okay, we'll raid four nights a week. We're doing ZG on two nights a week. We're doing Molten Core on two nights a week, so. I think I need to make Lex Luthor soundboard for raids that will contain eight buttons. Yeah. The problem is, I wish they'd announced this. I wish they'd announced this change a couple weeks ago, or a month ago, or two months ago. At least on my server, I've noticed a lot of clans have collapsed and died. People quitting the game left and right because they were bored, they didn't want to have to try and build all the way back up from scratch, that they had a couple key members of their clan or guild quit the game or leave and go elsewhere or transfer off server, and all of a sudden, Oh well, we can't do 40-man raids, ah, screw it, to hell with it. We're done. I think they would have saved a lot of accounts if they had said this ahead of time. Now, it could be that the information's out there now that a lot of these people re- will re-up their uh, subscriptions. I don't necessarily think that's going to be they're going to bring everybody back. I know when I stopped playing World of Warcraft for the four or five months, I, I didn't pay attention to it at all, other than what I needed to do for the talk show. As far as in- intricacies going on Mac Theridan, which is the server I play on, I didn't care. Joe Hober made his character on our server... What? He deleted Joho? Why would he do that? For those who do not know, on and Joho is one of the legendary warriors. I mean, the guy was like, high Warlord, had tier through two gear, and everything else. I mean, he was stacked. And he kicked everybody's ass. So Invicta would like everybody to know that now he's tuning in, therefore the show can start. Yay. Let's all clap for the return of Sinvicta. Because, God forbid, nothing around here can take place without him. He transferred his character. And now he's rebuilding the character on our... Ser- okay. I wonder, You know, that's a good question. Is anybody out there who transferred their characters off whatever server they had and regret it and wish they could go back? Or who chose poorly as far as the server they go to? The guild they joined moved the servers and left Requiem in the dust after they transferred. Lennon says he beat Joho all the time. Tiroth wants it on record that Sinvict is a fag. (laughs) Wow, I didn't hear that. I didn't know that. What a bitch. You transfer servers because your your clan is on the outs. It's declining. In the hopes, and you join another clan that you've made an agreement with, and they they decide, once you get there, oh, we're going to leave. Good luck! Wow! Yeah, you can't transfer characters, what is it, six months? Smack. That's gotta suck hard. There's just no ass way of taking that one. None. <laughs> All right, folks, it's time for me to grab a drink. We'll continue this discussion in about uh, three or four minutes. And we're at the halfway mark, folks. we got another hour to go. Trust me, there is a lot yet to come. I have to talk about, oh, my Otakon adventures. Uh, also, if you are interested, you can check it out at onejureborn.com I have my videos up that me and Mystic Man took while we were there at the Baltimore Convention Center. So, again, stick with it. A lot yet to come. We have a lot to go to. I'll be back in about two or three minutes. We'll mm-hmm. City like a big playground when suddenly Batman burst from the shade and hit Godzilla with a bat grenade. Godzilla got pissed and began to attack, but didn't expect to be blocked by Shaq, who proceeded to open up a can of Shaq through. when Eric Carter came out of the blue and he started beating up Shaquille O'Neal. Then they both got flattened by the Batmobile, but before he could make it back to the Batcave, Abraham Lincoln popped out of his grave and took a an naked 47 F from under his hat, blew Batman away with a rat of that tat, but he ran out this save kind of the day. This is the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. Good guys, bad guys, and explosions as far as the eye can see. And only one will survive. I wonder who it will be. This is the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. Gruff McGruff took a bite out of crime And then Shaq came back covered in a tire track But Jackie Chan jumped out and landed on his back And Batman was injured and trying to get steady When Abraham Lincoln came back with a machete But suddenly something caught his leg And he tripped Indiana Jones took him out then he saw Godzilla sneaking up from behind Then he reached for his gun, which he just couldn't find Cause Batman stole it, and he shot, and he missed And Jackie Chan deflected it with his fist Then he jumped in the air, and he did a somersault While Abraham Lincoln tried the on to pull fault onto Optimus Prime But they collided in the air, then they both got hit by a Care bear stare oh, This is the ultimate showdown The ultimate destiny, good guys, bad guys, and explosions Descended Chuck Norris, who delivered a kick which could shatter bones into the crotch of Indiana Jones, who fell over on the ground, writhing in pain, as Batman changed back into Bruce Wayne, but Chuck saw through his clever disguise, and he crushed Batman's head in between his thighs. Then Gandalf the Grey and Gandalf the White And Monty Python and the Holy Grail's Black Knight And Amita Mussolini and the Blue Meanie And Cowboy Curtis and John B. the Genie Robocop, the Terminator, Captain Kirk and Darth Vader No, pants Superman, every single power Ranger, Hill, S. Creston and Theodore Logan Spock, the Rock, Dark Ock and Hulk Hogan All came out of nowhere lightning fast And they kicked Chuck Norris in his cowboy ass It was the bloodiest battle that the world ever saw With civilians looking on to the lot. For a century, many lies were claimed, but eventually the champion stood, the rest saw their better. Mr. Rogers in a blood-stained sweater. This is the ultimate showdown, ultimate destiny. Good guys, bad guys, and it's right, dust too, it's long ain't holding the doors, so fuck you, I like to see dead bodies lame that spawn, so I bought a couple servers to play when I'm on, and this is how you thank me, trying to plank me, trying to hack me, rush me and shank me, the camping goose, I'm famous dude, and I don't give a fuck what your name is, dude. what your rank is, or what clan you're from, I left click so much, I got a bandage, dumb, you would eat the kid, complain about lag, little bag, fuck out of here, go capture the on his bathroom. or greasers. Here you are all equally worthless. And my orders are to weed out all non-hackers who do not pack the gear to serve in my beloved corps. Do you maggots understand that? Sir! Yes, sir! Bullshit, I can't hear you! Sir! Yes, sir! Yes, sir! All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back here again. This is the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard Community Live from Cleveland, Ohio, tonight. And this is the Emperor's Court. And for some reason, my microphone is booming, and I haven't figured out why. That's very odd the way my microphone changes like that. and I, I can't believe it's the new software we're using, because it's been in place now for a while. It's not even new anymore. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, prior to the break, uh, we were discussing uh, World of Warcraft's changes in the Burning Crusade, that their philosophy has taken a complete 180, finally head in the right direction. And i would given some uh, uh, props to Blizzard for what they are doing. Sorry, I just bumped my mic. By making raids 25 man instead of 40, by making PvP uh, basically earning points that you can spend on gear, as opposed to trying to fight over... Uh, PvP rankage that requires you to work you know, 12 hours a day or 18 hours a day, unless you have some kind of a legal that you can hire to do the job that Americans won't do (laughs) anyways, at this part of the show I'm going to use an hour, we may not use all of it, we may use more of it, but I wanted to give us an hour to discuss my annual trip to Otacon now, I do this every year, at least I've done it for the last six years we've done this show, done my ad-libs or what have you, okay Otakon is held every year, usually at the end of uh, July or the beginning of August. It is the biggest East Coast anime convention that there is in the United States. Uh, it, this year, I think they topped out around 25,000 people. They actually had a lot less than they were advertising, but that's neither here nor there. Alright, so about 25,000 people crammed into this convention center, which is actually very large. It's about five city blocks to give you an idea. And all kinds of matter of geekdom takes place here. It's actually kind of fun. It's a lot of fun. It it can be. And why? What does this have to do with uh, gaming? You ask. Well, usually not much. It actually has uh, quite a few uh, gaming insights that I learned this year that uh, I have not in years past. That being the case, it's just kind of funny. And I will tell you that this is going to be Classic Emperor. I have a lot of ranting to do. A lot of making fun of people, especially one group of assholes that ran a panel late Saturday night who thought that they were funny who thought they could run their smack and oh, did they not know the gentleman from Cleveland was in the audience and they were all Ohio State Buckeyes so I knew exactly where to get them, exactly where to hurt them and it was fun interesting unfortunately they never gave me the microphone they feared me as well they should but I will get to that a little later on first we have to start and get there starting from this time we left to the time we we got there. Uh, yes. Projects dot com. Oh, actually I think I spelled that wrong. I'm trying to get to one of the websites that I was given. Um, actually it's a panel that we had. Ah, there it is. ha <laughs> Alright. Alright, now that I loaded that up so I can refer to that a little later on. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I know my microphone is booming again. Uh, folks, again, I'm not entirely sure what the, what the problem is. My apologies if it uh, continues to blow your eardrums out. And I've been informed by a Schizophrenic, who's listening in the hospital this evening, as we said at the top of the show, that any time the nurses come in, he mutes me. He doesn't want the nurses hearing my fine Irish voice. And the fact that he might be a little embarrassed by uh, the stuff that he's listening to, with na- you know words like, fuck, and uh, dyke, being shouted out as they're walking in the uh, room. And to answer the question before as to how he was tuning in, apparently uh, the the IT department at the hospital has uh, given him a computer and tied him directly into the hospital's network. He's just not allowed to do a great many things that he would normally do. So there's the answer to that as to how schizophrenic is in the hospital yet listening to the show. That's hardcore, people. You're in the hospital friggin dying and you're listening to the show? That's a huge compliment to me that also says something about you. I, I don't know what, but at any rate. So we started off going to Otacon actually on a very bad foot because here in my little suburb of Cleveland, uh, it happened to be, this was last weekend, uh, actually not this last, the weekend before last weekend, would have been like the last, like July 29th, 30th, 31st, was the hottest days in Cleveland so far this year. We're talking upper 90s into the 100s. And for whatever reason, they decided to put our little suburb on the rolling blackout uh, list, at least that's what they had told us originally. In fact, that's why I missed... If you remember, folks, a Sunday, there was no Emperor's Court like there was supposed to be. It's because I was sitting here looking at the wall with no power at 9 o'clock at night in the sweltering heat. Now, granted, I don't have air conditioning, but I do have a great many fans. And I can't use any of those fans, and nothing else to take my mind off the heat if I don't have any power. As it turns out, this all begins uh, actually Saturday into Sunday. And we called uh, the Illuminating Company, who is what we have, called them several times. Each time they said, oh, no, you're on the blackout list, that's all, they were trying to make sure that their network didn't crash by the amount of people running their air conditionings. So they put us on the blackout rotation. We're a very small city. Maybe 7,000 people to all told. Instead of putting the bigger cities, like North Olmsted or Strongsville or Parma, which have, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 people in the area, no, 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 let's not put them. I mean, they could have blacked out one city and the rest of the state would have been fine or Northeast Ohio would have been fine, not us. So, as we head into Monday of not having power, and what I I mean is, intermittently we'd have an hour or two of power, and then gone for eight hours. Gone for ten hours, in the sweltering, godforsaken heat. Not to mention, this is Cleveland. We're in very close proximity to Lake Erie. Therefore, humidity is through the roof. Which makes it even worse. Finally calm, and I get some schmuck who tells me, Oh no. The reason why is we're trying to fix a power line that went down over on uh, the road you, near, you live by. I said, wow, that's odd. I thought we were on the blackout list. Well, no. Why? Who would tell you that? I said, you did, jackass. When we called you last two nights, your company said, you're on the rolling blackout list. He said, no, you're not. It's a power line that we fixed, and it went down. We fixed and went down. We fixed and went down. Well, then it started affecting Cox Cable in the area. It was affecting their cable connections to people, both their TV and... And their internet. So even when I did get power back, I couldn't run the internet or my cable TV because the cable was down. This went on every single day up until Tuesday. We left Wednesday morning around 5 or 6 a.m., I do believe. We spent, it was the hottest night, was Tuesday night until Wednesday morning. We didn't get any sleep at all. It was that hot in the house. Even with all the windows open, no fans, no air conditioning, no nothing. Overnight, it was like 83 degrees, which in Cleveland is terrible. So we didn't get off on a very good foot. We got off very cranky. We didn't get any sleep. It was fit. Taroth wants to hear the Yahweh story. We'll get to that. Of course you want to hear that. Oh, it was aggravating. So we finally get up, and we finally get on the road to Baltimore. Now, we stayed in a place called Hilltop House, which is in West Virginia, about an hour outside of Baltimore. And it's actually pretty cool, and it's this, this giant... Civil War era um, stone building that sits on a little outcrop and that that juts out into the Potomac and the Shenandoah River. You have it on each side. And as soon as we get into the room, the first thing that uh, Mystic went, oh my god, there's spiders! Kill the spiders! She's like yelling and running around the room. I have to go kill the spiders because she's afraid of spiders. I found like two little tiny ones. Because this is like, it's a country um, hotel. It is out in the country. It does have TV amenities like that, but it's it's very historic, it's very old, I mean, very quiet. Yes, there's a couple uh, Yahweh stories, to off, and one big one, and that's probably what I'm going to end the show on. It was one mother of a rant, and it includes Yahweh, Tiroth stick around. I know that's what you want to hear about. It, it's just, you, you walk outside at night, and it's black as pitch, because there's nothing around it. Across the, the Potomac, which is what you're looking at, across the Potomac, Is the Appalachian Mountains, and and it's just covered with trees. And there's nothing there. It is as quiet as I've ever heard. That's not true. There's one other time, and it's as black as I've seen. The only exception was when we had that giant blackout two years ago, when all of Ohio and the East Coast went out when that uh, power line went in Akron went down, and that was as quiet and as dark as I've ever seen it. No lights anywhere. No noise anywhere. It was eerie, but here it was very peaceful, very quiet. It was very relaxing, and Lord knows I needed it with, you know, the, the shit that I had to deal with in, in college and everything else coming down the stretch. Next day, we go into Baltimore, and I was in a cranky mood because I knew as soon as we got into Baltimore, we would have to stand in line, and on Wednesday, it was 101 where we were at in West Virginia. It was 102 Thursday when we arrived in Baltimore. I didn't want to have to stand out in line in front of the convention center to get our tags. Because Oticon allows you to get your tags early ahead of time on Thursday. The convention starts on Friday. So at Thursday, 5 o'clock, they open up the doors. Everybody and their mother is there a day early. We're talking 10,000, I mean, there's, there's fucking people everywhere. 10,000 people wrapped around the convention center. So luckily we stayed at the Wyndham Hotel and they were nice enough to let us check in at 1.30. You're not allowed to check until 4. So that went in our favor. So we're walking up to the convention center. It's about 3 o'clock. So we went and got something to eat. And I'm looking at the convention center, and sure enough, the line is wrapped around both sides of it. We're talking five city blocks here, folks. So I look up to the, there's the, the main, if you take a look at the video, you'll see this. There's the main uh, concourse, and it's like four doors you can walk in. And that's where the line starts. And there's a couple people there with sleeping bags, which is nuts. So I walk around the corner, maybe 200 feet to the corner of the uh, building where it makes a turn down uh, one of the streets. I think it's South Howard. And there's like 20 people in line, and then the line stops. And then there's like a 50-foot gap where there's nobody standing in line. And then if you look up, about 10 feet up is the second floor, and there's a staircase. And there's people along the railings, and it doubles back against uh, the rest of the building. And just as this happens, I notice people in the front, the people I'm standing next to, start to walk forward like they just opened the doors. So Mystic Mim is standing next to me, and I jump in line. She's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting in line. This is the front of the line. I said, yeah. We can't do that. I said, what are they going to do, kick us out? They don't know who we are. We'll just come back tomorrow, or we'll get in the back of the line like normal. I, I can't believe you're doing this. What if somebody sees? What if the people in front of the people in front of the line don't give a damn? We're, getting, we're behind them. They don't care as long as we're behind them. The reason why is the people on the uh, above us that were sitting on the ledge weren't paying any attention. They didn't know that they were supposed to come down the steps and then follow the line into the building. The Baltimore Convention Center apparently was worried that the different people outside the convention center might suffer heat stroke and pass out because it's 103 degrees outside, not a cloud in the sky, sunshine everywhere, and this was like 2.30 in the afternoon. It was two and a half hours yet before they even opened up the gates. And there's a lot of people, so I got in line. We walked inside, and they let us stay inside the convention center. We were, I think, 105, 106 in line out of 10,000 people. Yeah, I cut in line. So what? Sue me. I'm not going to stand out in 100-degree weather. You're fucking nuts. But i tell you what was worse, and I wish I had my camera and I didn't. I didn't have my camera on me Friday is uh, about an hour later, this is about 4.30, they're getting ready to, to open up registration, and we were just picking up our badges, and we were right next to, there's these giant, you know, 30-foot windows that you can see outside, and you can see all these people lined up left and right, you know, back and forth, back and forth, all along the uh, South Howard Street from the, where we're facing. So I said, hold my spot. And Miriam's like, what are you doing? I said, just hold my spot. So I walk over to the uh, window and I knock on the window and I there's like a group of like five little morons sit standing there and I grab my arms and I'm like oh oh and I you know I you know mimicking it being so being very cold in here because of the uh, air conditioning I I have never seen five people simultaneously flick somebody off in unison completely spontaneously it was it was great they were mad they were <laughs> pissed I couldn't stop laughing so I walked back and got back in line about a half hour later. It took 10 minutes. We had to wait in line. We still had to wait two and a half hours in line. The difference is we got to do it in air conditioning. And it took exactly 11 minutes for us to get in, get our badges, and leave the convention center. And we had the whole night to ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. One sad thing, though. Max's Bar and Grill, which is right next to Camden Yards, is right across the street from the convention center. And we decided we were going to take in the uh, Orioles-Yankees game on Sunday. It was our favorite bar and grill. Mystic Mim went for the crab cakes and I went for the wings. Sadly, it was replaced by some asshole restaurant owner that turned it into the California fajita. Made the rotten hell. Let's have a moment of silence for Max's bar and grill. Okay, that's enough. Hawk says he just uh, sent an uh, instant message to Brightness of Day, who was in AQ 20 and it killed him. <laughs> Yeah, take that brightness. <laughs> yes, uh, agent of state wants to know if I checked out any of the web comic uh, folks. And yes, there was a lot of references to Penny Arcade, a lot of references to uh, Homestar Runner, and uh, Red versus Blue was there as well. They had a booth there, which I th- think I got some video of it, which was kind of cool. Didn't get a chance to talk to them, but they were there. Um, there's a couple other things, but let let me continue with our story. So, we went to Hooters that night. Miriam suggests we go to Hooters, uh, for food, for dinner, which was nice. Uh, The women weren't as attractive as I have been led to believe. I've only been to Hooters once prior, when I was like 14. We got wings. Oh, they were good. Oh, Hooters wings are so good. Mmm. It's not just the Hooters that are big, it's the wings too, and they were good. So we had dinner there. We went out to the hotel. We watched a couple Firefly episodes on our portable DVD player. and Went to bed. Friday morning rolls around. So we get up, we go to the convention early. Ah, uh, not a problem. And we go in, and there's three things we wanted to see. We wanted to see the anime music video contest, which is always good. We wanted to see the fan uh, the uh, fan parodies, which are basically uh, Miriam with an I. Yes, yeah, she so suggested Hooters. Actually, we ate there three times. And there's a story that goes with the next one, so I'll get to that. Uh, we want to see the Friday night fan parodies, which are basically... Uh, if you guys like Firefly, you'll like to, what what happens later uh, on Saturday. Uh, trust me, there's a lot to get to, folks. Just stick with it. Anyways, they're basically movies that are made by fans that uh, that are comical in nature of one way or another. And the third thing we didn't know we wanted to see, but we ended up... I'm glad we stopped in, uh, was this... Uh, Great, uh, was this play, uh, this panel being taught by the great teacher Largo, who I have, I don't know who he was. And we only went in there because while we were trying to, we were watching this panel, and, um, I think it was on the Japanese game, we'll get that in a second. It was so loud, the laughter was so damn loud, we got up and we went in there just to see what the hell's going on. And it turns out that this this great teacher Largo, which I guess is some kid, some guy, I'm saying he's college age, 24, 25. And he goes around to different uh, conventions, and he holds this panel where he he just rips apart games. He has like the top ten games he likes and the top ten games he hates. And he walks around. And I don't know if anyone's ever seen Gulardi. If you're you know of a Cleveland uh, nature, you know who Gulardi is. But he was walking around with this giant you know hat or fake hair or something. We were in the back, and it was hysterical. The rules are like no camping. Uh, no zombies you know, no forums no you know cheating no spamming and stuff like that and you know he would take questions or suggestions about what game was great what game was bad you know he goes through one of the great games he liked was Bible Adventures where you can play like Moses' mom and you walk around and you kill bad guys by throwing baby Moses and then when you clear the level it says you know good job but you forgot to bring the baby with you he, he was phenomenal he was hysterical it was a lot of fun it was great and you know, the whole thing, you know, there was lead speak everywhere. It was very entertaining, very funny. And his website is uh, www.gtlproject.com. The Great Teacher of Largo Project. Largo's from Megatokyo. I did not know that. Thank you, Agent. What I did not know, I, I wish we had been there for the beginning, because the, the panel we went to was actually kind of boring. And we only got to see the last 15 minutes, but it was it was great. Yes, yeah, it's a Megatokyo reference. Uh, apparently people know this. But it was fantastic, and there there had to be a thousand people in there. The entire room was packed. The funny part, the funniest part, was at the end. He had a uh, contest, which he calls it the uh, Great Teacher Largo Zombie Survival Contest. And what he wanted people to do was, after the panel, you had to go around anywhere during the convention, or you know, on your way home, or whatever, and you had to take pictures. You had to take pictures of something that you would use. If you were faced with a zombie apocalypse, if, you know, today zombies invaded your town and you were about to die, you had to take a picture of, like, a weapon or armor or supplies or something that you would use if you were being invaded by zombies that were attacking the convention center. Take pictures of five things that you wouldn't use and send them to him, and he'll pick the five best ones, and then those winners will get, like, a $30 gift card to, like, Best Buy or something like that, or $25 gift card. I thought that was hysterical. I thought it was funny. I don't know how many people would probably do it, maybe a handful, but it's a gimmick that was very funny, very entertaining, and I liked it. The funny part, or I shouldn't keep saying the funny part, one of the funnier parts is if it was another weapon or armor or costume that somebody else was wearing, you had to include a description as to how you would get it from them. His argument is if there's a zombie invasion, chances are they're not simply going to give you their weapon. If you need it, You've got to take it, and you've got to explain how you do it. So, that was neat. One of the first things I thought of, there was this group walking around, there there were Zelda cosplayers, which are costume players, people who dress up like the characters they're depicting from an anime, from a game, what have you. And they were dressed up all in Mountain Dew boxes. And they were a Legend of Zelda group. And there was a guy dressed up as Link, and he had plastered a mountain. It's really cool how they did it. They had Mountain Dew uh, boxes all over his, his like armor so was you know the green outfit that he was wearing and his shield was all Mountain Dew and he had a sword made of Mountain Dew. And then Princess Zelda was walking around in a Mountain Dew um dress and they had, you know, Ganon there with a Mountain Dew outfit. I don't know why they chose Mountain Dew, but I was thinking, you know what, I like a Mountain Dew sword and shield. I don't like Mountain Dew. I just think it'd be kinda of funny. There was a a sighting of the uh, uh, Cardboard Samurai from uh, Penny Arcade. He was there. Uh, The guy dressed up as him. A lot of pictures of him. Yes, the show will be downloadable. Pablo. Yes, you can download the show later at onesyourborn.com. So we got to see that. Now, the Japanese gaming panel we went to was actually rather interesting. And I learned a couple things. The first thing is, World of Warcraft is not popular in Japan it's actually it's a pretty piss poor game as far as attendance goes and the reason they had two uh, these two people one chick who could speak passable english and the other one didn't speak any at all and some other douche from that had some company in japan uh, and they were talking about the trend of of games and game companies uh, in japan and what was popular what isn't why something's popular why it isn't world of warcraft is not popular the reason why is that Japanese gamers do not like games that involve trolls or goblins. For whatever reason, they detest them. They won't play them. The second thing is that the animation of World of Warcraft versus something like Final Fantasy XI or Lineage 2 is shitty. They don't like the animation, they don't like the fighting animation. It's not involved, it's not in depth enough. The third thing is that they like an anime style of characters. Now, World of Warcraft is cartoonish, yes. But not in an anime format, so they don't particularly like it. They they don't take to it. Games like Lineage 2 are very popular still in Japan. Final Fantasy 11 still has a very big and hardcore audience in Japan. Mountain Dew is green and fucking horrible. So the games that we're playing here, Grand Theft Auto, has no market in Japan. It is not it, it is not liked. They like anime anime games. Anime-style games, lots of fighting. They don't like particularly like that kind. There's no tentacle porn in World of Warcraft. But, and I did not know this, what do you think is the biggest genre of games that sells in Japan? What type of games do you think is the biggest seller in Japan? I'll give a second for the delay to catch up to you so you can actually take a guess. Nobody knows. Nobody's going to venture a a game. Or, I guess. Japanese hate good games. The most popular type of game... Thank you, Grave Bloom. Dating simulators. Dating sims accommodate for... or accumulate... or whatever it is... 65% of the Japanese gaming market are dating sims. Porn sims... Hente Sims, Yahweh, which is man-on-man h- animated porn, all that. No, n- not puzzle games. Puzzle games are popular, but video games are dating sims. In a related story, the number strip poker, the number of uh, Japanese marriages and children being born has declined over the last two years, uh, a great deal. You didn't say that! Where? You didn't. You didn't say that! Shut up, Tearoth. I see. Mountain Dew is green and fucking horrible. Not enough grind for Japanese. That's all you said! Yeah, well, some of it's censored porn. And there's the the, the, the fat douche guy that was sitting there, the American's like, well, we're trying to to, to sell to the American market. If if you're interested, come on up and and we'll get you a catalog. And you can get the... And debuting today is a new Yahweh sim that we've now ported over through the PlayStation 2. And it's ported over in English. Uh, Who the hell... And the majority, almost the vast majority of people in there are men. Who the hell's going to go up there and get a Yahweh game? You know damn well nobody, anybody's going up there is me looking, looking over their shoulder, making sure everybody's left or nobody's watching, nobody that they know is like watching them. You said Yahweh dating sims after I already talked about it, puss. No one's gonna go up there and actually buy a Yahweh dating sim from this guy. It isn't gonna happen, at least not in public. Yes, thank you. It's yeah, thejlist.com, the owner of jlist. Damn, Grey Bloom, were you there? I just didn't know it. That's the hymn. Fucking moron! Oh, we're 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 trying to pour over more stuff all the time. Great, I'm glad for you. Could you pimp yourself out anymore? A couple of the cool things I learned about gaming: um, the Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior series are the biggest selling series in Japan. No surprise there. Uh, they actually showed something from uh, it was uh, yogurt fighting. Doc, it was yogurt fighting was the name of the game. Or yogurt? No, I'm sorry, yogurting. Y O G U R T I N G. Yogurting. yogurting. And it was this this girly, it was very girly anime fighting game. They didn't seem to have a point other than it was an MMORPG. It was about pretty much girls and, and and women, and they were fighting, kind of like Final Fantasy XI, but with better graphics. And then they showed a uh, a a cool trailer for a new Final Fan, or, sorry, a new Square Enix online game they're working on, an MMORPG. Bloom has a suspicious knowledge of Yahweh culture. <laughs> And it was all in Japanese, but I tell you what, it looked cool. The fighting scenes looked cool. I don't know if it made a whole lot of sense, but or had a storyline, but it looked cool. They did a they did an in panel survey, about 500 people, uh, as to who was going to buy the PlayStation 3 and who's going to buy the uh, Nintendo Wii. I'd say about 25% said that they were going to buy this the PlayStation 3. The overwhelming majority said they were going to buy the Nintendo Wii. Like, 75% of the crowd was nuts. I was stunned. I mean, granted, there's a huge price difference, but, you know, still. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, I was surprised. And more surprised when they when they were showing the uh, numbers as to which of the game companies controls the market in Japan. Right now, PlayStation 2 is by far the best-selling... Um, the best-selling console system in Japan by leaps and bounds. Something like 15 million units have been sold. The next closest would be the, uh, uh, I think it's the Nintendo GameCube and stuff like that, and that's like a distant second, and then there's the Xbox 360. Nobody bought it. They They actually went an entire month throughout the entire country of Japan where not one single Xbox 360 was reported as having been sold in a retail store. Xbox has done horribly overseas in Japan, the 360. Oddly enough, the Sony uh, PSP has bombed in Japan. It's it's just flamed out. They're showing uh, sale number two, sales numbers. And the Nintendo DS just controls, the, the Nintendo controls the... Console or the uh, handheld market with an iron fist. Now, Xbox sucks in general. Not just for the Japs, but for everybody. Well, the problem is, and I agree with the guy from JList, the fat ass, he was right about this much, when he said that the entire point of putting out the PlayStation uh, PSP was that, you know, first you're trying to sell games that, you know, weren't all that revolutionary or great, then you were trying to put out, uh, you're trying to get people to watch them on a UMD. These tiny little, you know, CDs, so you can watch a movie on your PSP the problem is they don't convert to anything else you can't burn your own UMDs so what's the point it's a bigger market in America and he said it's one of the few games and the chick the Japanese chick kind of chimed in on this point it's one of the few game systems that actually has games released in America that are not released in Japan because there's no market for it you know, a, a, a personal observation the Nintendo DS the, the dual screen, Oh my god, I'd say a third of the people at the convention had one, and brought theirs. In, while sitting in line, sitting in line for an hour and a half, I was looking around, every motherfucking person had their DS. I'm talking people like 40 friggin' years old, and they got a Nintendo DS. And they're all writing with their little stick to all the other people that are, that are online. There's online games of Tetris going, and people chatting it up and drawing you know, horrific graphics to each other. Japanese didn't ha- don't hack their consoles. Yeah, I know Mecca. <laughs> like Warrior or Phoenix Rights. So I actually got a lot of information on that at that gaming panel. Yeah, I know you can play uh, play wireless. What I'm surprised at is the fact that World of Warcraft didn't port over to Japan very well. But they'll play Lineage. Okay, that makes sense. We'll play Lineage, but not World of Warcraft. <laughs> says I so later that night we went to we, we, we went to the dealer's room and as soon as you walk in there's like five giant uh, displays from different game, or different anime companies like ADV Films Funimation was there Genicon or Gension you know like industry displays then you get into the meat of the dealer's room the first seven booths that you come to are selling hente 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 Yahweh Yahweh Yuri and Yahweh in that order. Now again, for those who don't know, hente is animated Japanese porn, anime porn. Yahweh Y A O I is man on man porn, animated porn that's marketed to girls and women. Yeah, right, there's more guys walking around with Yahweh paddles. They're 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 giant whacking paddles you have to smack people in the ass with and it says Yahweh on it or Yuri. And Yuri, Y-U-R-I, is women-on-women women porn. Animated porn. This is something that's, this is a convention that's marketed to the family. And I mentioned this last year after, in my Otakon special. is the fact that the first six or seven booths are all porn! What does that tell you? What does that say to you? And I saw a lot of parents and grandparents with their kids there. What have they gotta think? And they're right out there. You can walk right up and look at the display case. I mean they, they've got it covered over so that you can't, you know, flip it on the back to see any graphics, but the front of it's bad enough. I don't know what to think. I think it's I I'm against it. I think it's pretty piss poor. I think it's bad decision making on behalf of the convention. But the dealer's room was what to be expected. They had a lot of stuff there. You could look and you can see and you know, buy. And and I didn't pick anything. I picked up a Gara shirt, Gara from Naruto for uh, the Baron, because that's what he wanted since he didn't go. And Mystic Mim picked up a bunch bunch of manga, which are uh, anime comics that most animes are based off. She bought a bunch. They had some good deals. We went to the anime music uh, videos, and this is asinine. And once again, I play Line Jumper because I just didn't care. And I didn't feel like waiting in line. I'm above these people. And I, I told Miriam, Turner, I said, you know what? The reason I do this is because I'm far better than everybody else here. Or at least the people I can see. Yeah, yeah Blin, Blin, hang on. Blin points this out. He says, I thought Emperor was being sarcastic uh, or something when he first saw the video. Uh, or when he, f- then he went and saw the videos that I had posted. And lo and behold, there's a massive sign that says Hente, And the one next one says Yahweh. Wasn't kidding. Wasn't joking. Anyway, so this is how it happened. They had some some stupid uh, otaku, which is, means Japanese anime fan. And it was this about this Japanese nerd who builds a forum and talks to other kinds of Japanese nerds all over Japan from every walk of life. And he's trying to get advice on dating because he wants to date this hot girl, but he's afraid of letting her know that he's an anime fan and he's a nerd. And, of course, they all have different opinions as to what he should do. And it was relatively funny. And the panel ends. We went there ahead of time thinking in this gigantic hall that probably seats two, 3000 people. And we figured, alright, we'll watch this piece of shit while we're waiting for the anime music videos to start because we don't want to wait in line. Now traditionally, they have these on the very top floor, the fourth floor of the convention center, which is main events, sits about 5,000 people. This year, there was no main events. They split it up. So we're in this hall, and all of a sudden they came on the microphone and say... Everybody in the hall has to leave because there's a line forming outside. There must have been 1,500 people in the hall, half full, ready to watch the AMVs. I want you to know, if you're listening tonight, whoever the fat ass was in that full little alchemist uniform, that blue one, decided he was going to walk up and say, I'm going to form a line for AMV right here. Because as soon as he did, everybody started getting behind him when we finally get out, because now you're trying to fit 1,500 people out the doors past 1,500 other people, and there's no room to move. So Mr. Min was getting up to walk out, and I said, I'm going to the bathroom, which is on the other side of this gigantic hall. She's like, well, you know they're going to check the bathroom. I said, I just got to go to the bathroom. You go outside, and I'll meet you there. So I go to the bathroom, and I wait about five minutes, and then I come back outside, and by this time, the room has pretty much emptied out. So I take my sweetest time walking across this gigantic hall, and I'm get and i trying to get out the doors, and the doors are just jammed full of people. Ah, so I said, ah, screw it. So I went, there was two doors down, and it was closed. So I popped it open, and I scooted out right into the front of the line. And people are looking at me like, where the hell did you come from? So I get this, this nasty look on my face, and I start looking around like I don't know where the hell to go. I'm, I'm, I throw my hands in the air like I'm trying to get past these people to get out, but I can't. And I start saying, this is bullshit. I'm trying, I don't want to see the AV contest. I just want to get the hell out of here. Where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to get out of here? So I turn and I start saying, excuse me, excuse me. And I push my way about 20 people deep. And there's this this space of about, you know, 10 feet where there's nobody standing there. Because there's two groups of idiots, these, these teeny boppers. One group's like huddled over their DS, going, eee, playing whatever stupid game they're playing. And there's this other group of these fags, there's like five guys are standing next to each other and they're all talking about Pokemon. And they're friggin' my age. So I just kind of get in line between them and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Or I, that's what I, I look like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. and I, I keep looking around like I'm lost. So then I whip out my phone. I have my cell phone on me. I'm glad I brought it. And I call, I call Mim and she's like, where the hell are you? I said, I'm at the front of the line. Where are you? She's like, and I'm literally 20, 20 people from the front. She's like, well, I'm all the way back here. I I, I can't see you. So I said, all right, I'm going to hold my Indian's hat in the air and wave it back and forth. You walk over to me and get in line. Ugh, fine. Hangs up the phone. I wave my Indian's hat in the air. She comes over, and, and I hear her saying, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And she's she was pissed that she had to go to the back of the line, which had 1,500 people. Gets to the back of the line, shoves her way into the, into the uh, middle of it and sits with me. She's like, okay, now what? I said, now we wait for the gates to open. Two minutes later, they open the door. We went in. We were the first 25 people to get sit. We had the best seats in the house right in front of the big screen. <laughs> it gets better. An hour and a half later, the MV contest ended. <gasps> ow. Damn, that hurt. Ow, 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 ow. Okay, that was stupid. <laughs> it... No, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'll pick it up later. It's only blood. So, they get on the speaker again. For the second time this night. And they said. Okay we need everybody to vacate the hall. There's a line outside for the fan parodies. And I'm thinking to myself. Who the hell is out there. To watch the fan parodies. That isn't in here with us. So they shove 3,000 people. Out the door. And I, I want to be on record as saying. These are not the most hygienically clean people. To begin with. I mean you can see. It's, it's kind of like they had the rave on, on Friday or Saturday night. The dance rave. And they had like a thousand people jammed into this giant hall where the rave was. You could see the body odor fumes kind of like floating up. You know, if you look down the road during a like really hot day and you can see how like all the heat waves, that's kind of how this was because there was body odor. Body odor. If anybody's listening that works for any of these companies that makes like uh, those uh, uh, fresh scent things you put in your cars, you should sponsor the rave, dude. You'd make a ton. Just like hand one of those little, little pine tree. Things on like a neck rope to everybody that comes through and say, Here, wear this around your neck if you're going to the rave. Do us all a favor. Yeah, I know. Anime conventions are notorious for smelly people. It's like, I used all my money on, on anime and nothing on soap and water. I hate people. Conventions like this will either make me love some people that I meet or hate everybody else. So we force our way all the way out there and once again... I grab Miriam as we we're walking out by the uh, by the uh, arm, and I pull her off to the side, and I go and stand next to the guy who's the front of the line. I said, is this the front of the line? He's like, yeah. I said, do you mind if we pretend like you're our friend? And he, he kind of looks at me funny, and Miriam is standing next to me, and Miriam was wearing... Um, I'm trying to think what she was wearing. She was wearing... What is it? Uh, okay, she's left the room. I forgot to ask her. It's not lingerie. It's something... Um, I don't know what the hell it is. It's, a, it's like a tank top. It's a really nice tank top. And I, and the guy says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, me and my sister were just in there watching the, the anime music video, and we don't want to walk all the way back in the line. Do you mind if we wa- stand with you? And as soon as I said, my sister, he looked at her like golden opportunity, like Christ took a dump right in his lap. Like, here's this woman he can talk to. I don't care. She's my sister. She's not my fiance. So, and she, to her credit, didn't say a word. She kept her mouth shut. She just kind of looked at me and then looked back at him. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Not a problem. Yeah, you can stand with me. No, that, that's that's cool. No, my friends are, are doing something else tonight. They're out cosplaying or something like that. He gave us some reason why he was alone. So we went in right again after about 30 minutes. We, we went right back in. And what, the anime music video started an hour and a half late because they had to shove everybody out the door and everybody back in. The anime, the fan parodies took 45 minutes to start, and there was like half half the room full, if that. And the entire time, this little fat fuck is is just inane chatter to Miriam the entire time. And she she gave me the business later because I made her sit next to me on my left, and then he was sitting next to her on her left. So she was kind of stuck in the middle, and I had to bite my knuckle from laughing. She was pissed. <laughs> he talked for half the show. It was great. <laughs> and I later, I asked her, said, now, come on. Did you really want to wait an hour in line to get in there to watch the fans' parodies? Well, uh, That was, you, you didn't have to say you were my my brother. or you, At least if you were my brother, you could have, you know, stand over and said something. He was frantically drooling on me. Well, that's what he said. He was he, friends were out cosplaying. They were out taking pictures with people and they were... And you know, outside there is this, this giant hall on the, on the very bottom, which is near where the video uh, panel was that we were in. And where uh, groups of people can get together and you can take pictures. So for all I know, he did have friends. I, I don't believe him, but it's possible, I suppose. But uh, I, I won't go into exactly all that Miriam said, but let's just say that she was pissed at me for the rest of the night. At any rate, so we, we watched this this fan parody. And I... I if you know any of this, the DDR club from uh, um, Cornell University, and I'm guessing it was just made up for this movie, but they did this a couple of years ago. We saw it last year. They did it in 2004. And it's saw how they make a dance dance revolution fan uh, a club at Cornell University, and it's all these Chinese uh, uh, students, the Chinese Americans. But it, it's it was very well thought out. It was hysterical. They added, they edited it. They added um, uh, music to it. All oh, was hysterical. Huge props to them. Followed that was this group of idiots who made a video about them getting together and leaving Connecticut from their plush homes, driving to Otacon. and they did the whole Final Fantasy thing where, you know, they would record exactly uh, how many pictures they took, how much money they spent, you know, how many uh, hugs they got from different people. You know, the one jackass was dressed up from. Star uh, uh, Stargate One or SG One, or whatever the hell it is, that TV show. And there was a contest that was being held. It was a, a scavenger hunt where he had to take forty pictures of different things at a convention. One of them had to be uh, somebody in drag. Somebody uh, he had to be a goth. Had to be a goth in drag. One had to be somebody wearing cat ears. Then had to be somebody of their group wearing cat ears. He had to find tro- somebody dressed up as Trogdor. Somebody from a web, co- web comic, and they they found. Uh, The uh, Cardboard Samurai from Penny Arcade. And all these different inane bullshit. Some of it was funny, but it went on for an hour. And it it was just the same thing, repeating over and over and over. And I turned to Miriam and said, what kind of fat ass, and this guy had to be 300 pounds if he was an ounce, dresses up from some shitty second-rate sci-fi show that nobody watches and goes to an anime convention? Why? Why? What possesses you of this? Oh, it's my first time going to Otakon. Did anybody bother to tell you? I know somebody told you. I'm looking at your friends. All they do is anime. And, of course, one of their friends that was was Asian, and they said he was the token Asian of the group, and every so often he'd jump in front of the camera and give this little peace sign, or whatever the hell it is, and be like, Asian count, AZN count. and like, 21, 22, 23. You know, after it reached, like, 10, the joke kind of wore thin. We get it. He's got slanted eyes. It's hysterical. Throw him a Rubik's Cube. Let him go play StarCraft. We get the joke. So we got up and left. And I I tell you what was bad, when I felt sorry, was the the five guys who made this video and their girlfriend are sitting in the audience. And they announced at the start of the fan parody that they were going to be sitting there and they were sitting in front of the uh, projection screen. Well, after 40 minutes into it, there's, uh, the chants in the crowd started getting uh, really loud, and finally was, Turn it off! Turn it off! Turn it off! We're talking a thousand people screaming this to turn this video off. It had gone on for so long, it was no longer entertaining. So, eventually, somebody fast-forwards it, and of course, everybody gives a mock cheer, and claps and everything, because they're fast-forwarding this, this movie. It goes on, the fast-forwarding went on for another ten minutes there would have been mass suicide going on had this thing played out. I kid you not. I mean, I, I give you props for going that entire time, making the movie, adding in the the cool Final Fantasy level thing up, and I give credit to the one jackass who said, well, I'm level 40. Don't I get a mount now? Uh, the only mount you're going to find is your dog, son. I, uh, I've seen your picture. But uh, I, the World of Warcraft reference gets you kind of points. Which leads me into as we were leaving, and this is about, oh, 11.30 at night. As we're walking out, there's this guy dressed up as I'm assuming a wizard, and a guy next up to him dressed as a Pikachu, and he had this giant sign on a pole, and the sign says LFG uh, RC, or I'm sorry RFC Agamar, um, want tank and healer, LOLZ. O space R L Y. And I wish I again I didn't have my camera and I wish I was there. Yeah, Sapuku. If I had had my camera, I would have taken a picture. It was it was funny. Brightness of day. Fuck you. S G one is a good. show. No, it's not. S G one is not a good show. It's not even a. It's not even a mediocre show. It's got two hundred episodes. And I, I can't fathom why. It's like the Sci Fi Channel has nothing else to throw the money at. You know what? Cancel S G one now. Do the world a favor and go talk to Fox and buy the rights to Firefly and put a real show on there. We're going to go through a Stargate. Look, you can only go through the Stargate so many times with guys with machine guns before it becomes the exact same show every single week. Look, there's hostile aliens on the other side. I get it. Apparently, nobody in the universe likes us. I've seen like one show. The movie was great. The TV show on an okay movie is not <laughs> wow, a lot of STU1 fans, yeah all three of you. But that begs the question. it wasn't just it wasn't just this guy. I mean there's somebody that's dressed up as Ghostbuster, somebody dressed up as V from Vendetta. I got one picture of a guy of a, a some Chinese girl dressed up as um, uh, dressed up as Brian from uh, Brian Griffin from the family Guy. And I've got the picture on the website. That one is great. Oh, that was such a good costume. I think they just must have paid somebody to do it or bought it. It, it looked professional. I mean, but I, this is what I'm talking about. There's uh, people dressed up from... Oh, what the hell is that stupid thing? Uh, somebody some are dressed up as Beetlejuice. It's like, this is an anime convention. Not, a con, not some dumbass convention. And I even told the guy... I even talked to Miriam walking back. I said, you know what we need to do? We need to make a convention for conventions we'll call it con con or convention con where you can come dressed up as any stupid thing you want to oh I, I've got a firefly story to tell you in fact this is when we started noticing it Friday afternoon Miriam and I were walking by and she tugged my shirt and I said what and she pointed and she's pointing at this girl and she's, uh, she said does that look familiar to you I don't know what anime that's from and I look over, and it's this girl with two uh, pigtails, blonde hair, with a parasol in her hand, wearing green coveralls and sandals. And she was carrying a, um, a uh, lawn chair. And she had a bag of strawberries. And she said, I don't know what anime that's from. So I looked at it, and I looked at it, and I said, that's not from anime. That's Kaylee from Firefly. She's like, no. Are you serious? I said, that's from the first episode. It's not lag. It's it's built in. Yeah, Firefly and Serenity. She so Miriam walks up and says, "Are you are you Kaylee? Are you cosplaying Kaylee from Firefly?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm glad you recognized it. I'm surprised so many people recognize it. So she took like a forty a four second video of her. I've got it here. I just haven't uploaded it. Later on that afternoon, we saw one guy dressed up as Malcolm Reynolds. We saw one guy dressed up as Jane, including that stupid hat with a flappy. Uh, uh, ear covers walking around and he actually had the, I swear to God, if it wasn't Baldwin himself, it could have been his clone. The guy was a little shorter, but he had, and was built like a tank, had muscles, had the full facial hair going, had short black hair, and he had that stupid hat with the, with the, uh, ear covers. On Saturday, we saw, and it wasn't the same guy because they're different shirts. We saw like five or six different people walking around with a shirt that said brown coats. You know, nothing keeps them down the brown coats. You know, F the Alliance, rule brown coats. We saw one guy that had this Japanese, or this Chinese kanji, and then over that was Serenity. This chick had blonde hair, not red hair. I don't think she has red hair, does she? Three of your five listeners like it. Great show. So, yeah, I'm doing it as hard as I've ever done it before. Is it going to be out of Dragon Con? The Battle of Jane for the win. Oh, there's a story I haven't gotten to yet. Stick with it, you Firefly fans. You'll love it. I know I did. Yeah, I know we're running out of time, but if we have to go over, we will. So that ends Friday. And we go, we went to Hooters for dinner, actually, too. Uh, again, Miriam's suggestion. It was a lot of fun. Saturday morning rolls around. We get out, and we figure that there's nothing going on until about 1 o'clock that we want to do. So we decide we, we take some film. She wouldn't let me do some interviews. I wanted to interview a couple people in cosplay. They were cosplaying. And ask them, you know... Do you think dressing up like this and acting the way you are will diminish your chance of uh, you know of attracting a mate later in life? You know, is this the closest you've ever been to a woman before? You know, you're 25 and you're dressed up as a Pokemon. Do you think this says something about your mental stability? I mean, I had a whole list of questions lined up, and she wouldn't let me ask any of them. I was oh, I was pissed. Ah, I see Air for Life is here. For those of you who do not know, Air for Life is uh, one of our show hosts. You can download his show, A State of Warcraft, every Wednesday from the website at onezeroborn.com for all of you, all of you who are interested in the Warcraft 3 and the Frozen Throne. Definitely check it out; well worth it. He does some some discussion, he does some games, he always has a map of the week, uh, does some shoutcasting. Definitely worth it if you are a, a Warcraft 3 fan. Anyways, was back to what I was discussing. So we went to this. Uh, they had this thing as Taiko drums, uh, which are. Uh, it's apparently supposed to be some kind of like Japanese percussion thing, but everybody there was an American, and it, they sucked. To be quite honest, I hated it. So that was annoying. We went to. We went to the dealer's room, and actually, I showed you. I showed some video on Sunday of how bad it was, and there's this this chubby bastard okay I'm gonna go ahead and tell a story I, I know you don't want I don't care I know you don't want me to I'm gonna tell it anyways so oh what are they gonna know emperor did it that's okay so what are they gonna do on the one chance that somebody from the Oticon staff is listening to my show is gonna track down the emperor in Cleveland yeah that's not gonna be hard yeah, well, thanks for Air for Life, because you're in Australia, dude. I appreciate you for listening and tuning in. All right. We were in line. It was me. And actually, we, we had met a guy there, um, actually a guy and his girlfriend, uh, who we've met there the last couple uh, years. We only ever seen him in Oticon. It was an acquaintance. And he's a nice guy. And we were standing in line, and we were bored and had nothing to do, because the line didn't open up for the uh, a dealer's room on Saturday, I think until 1230. So we're sitting, it's about 12 o'clock, and we're sitting way back at the other end of the room where the, the uh, tri is, the, uh, uh, this Roman ship that was in Ben-Hur I took a couple pictures of. And I, I turned to him, and his name is Jason. I said, Hey Jason, I got an idea. He's like, what? I said, let's go around and tell people that they canceled the uh, Masquerade. Now, the Masquerade is the one premier event that every convention, anime convention has. It's the cosplay. Where people go up and they do some stupid-ass skit where they're role-playing the character that they are. Let's say you dress up as Naruto and your buddy dresses up as Sasuke and your your girlfriend dresses up as Sakura. You go up there, you make a fool of yourselves in front of 5,000 people, then you go sit down, and then the judges you know, rate you based on your how good your skit was and how good your costume was. It's like Saturday Night Live on Dow Syndrome, to give you an idea. And there's, I mean, I'd say, had the convention is wearing a costume at least one day out of out of the convention. So he's like, "Why would we do that?" I said, "Because we're bored." And Miriam was there, and I forget his girlfriend's name. Um, I want to say it was Amy. I could be wrong. So I said, "Just follow my lead." So I pick up my phone and I open it up and I pretend to talk to it, and I, I kind of take a couple steps back because there's these these kids behind us and they're dressed up as um, uh, card captors. I, I've never seen it, but that's what Miriam said it was. And I said, "What?" They canceled the cosplay? Are you serious? And then I pretend like... Um, and I can see them kind of turn and look at me. And I, I'm looking at my phone like really like shocked. And I don't say anything for a second. Like I'm listening intently what they're saying on the other end of it. And I said, I can't believe that's fucking bullshit. What, what were we going to do for the cosplay? We were going to go up there. We had a skit ready. They didn't tell us this. And, and they, they're just shocked. And uh, Jason, he's trying to laugh. So he walks over, and he walks up, and he walks off to the side, and there's another group of people, and he, he he pulls out his phone, and he does the same bit, except he's doing it far enough away that the people behind me, they don't see it. So I said, ah, oh, fuck that. So I hang up my phone, and I, I shake my head, and I'm and I'm facing them, but I'm looking down at the ground, and I'm talking to myself, oh, I can't believe those sons of bitches, they canceled the cosplay, they didn't tell anybody, it's five hours till we go on on stage, this is bullshit. So, and the one girl says, are they canceled the cosplay? Otakon's cosplay? I said, yeah. My buddy just talked to him. He said, and I pointed over to this, at the very front of the line was this very overweight staff member. I call him staff member hard-ass because he kept on yelling at people who weren't standing in, inside these, these taped-off, these red-taped lines. And he kept on shouting, this line is your universe. You have to stay within your universe. And then he would you know go up and down the line and he'd you know, pick people out who weren't quite standing within this... this taped offline and he pointed him out in a gesture and he would and yell at him he's a real asshole and i turned to the lady and I, or this, this little girl could have been more like 16 17 i said yeah my buddy and i pointed at this the staff member i said he's at the other end of the line and he said that guy that staff member right there just told me or just told him that there's no cosplay tonight that they canceled it now the cosplay was being held at the first mariner arena which is this this indoor arena this this like uh basketball and, and soccer arena that's at the other end of the street from the convention center. First time they've done it. So, so I, I walk over to where Jason is and, he, and he's, this, he's gesturing. I see him gesturing to this other group of guys. And I go up to him and stand next to him. And they say, and the one guy says, wait, 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 where did you hear this? And I kind of interrupt Jason. I point to this fat guy down the hall and I point to him. I said, that guy right over there just told me himself. I just went up to him and asked him. And he said, there's no cosplay tonight. He's going around telling everybody that the masquerade's been canceled tonight. This is bullshit. I can't believe they're fucking all of us. That's the only thing we come for. So all up and down the line, you start hearing people. Che- I, I'm telling them at all. Yes, I am. Y- yes, I am. Okay, what are they going to Tell us we can't go next? Hang on. Oh, come on. How are they going to know who it is? Oh, do you care? Do you Do you care? Chances are we're not even going to go to Otakon next year. Oh, whatever. It's funny. Mim doesn't want me to tell you. I'm going to tell you anyways. <laughs> Don't. <Ow. laughs> so all up and down the line, news spreads like wildfire that the masquerade has been canceled, and everybody and you can see it. You can see everybody kind of turn and look down the other line at this one staffer who's just standing there and he's still talking to people and he doesn't know what's going on. He has no clue. And, and and Jason and I were thinking we took this a little too far now because it's eventually going to come back to us that you know the guy in the Indian shirt and uh, the guy in the black polo are telling people that the cosplay has been canceled. So some and I and I don't know who this is. Some girl, I'd say she had to be college age, was dressed as a as a Chobits. Is that it? Chobits. You yeah, Chobits. Walks up to this other guy who's who's standing with this girl with a bullhorn. At uh, if you're looking towards where the try-me is against the wall and to the left, in the uh, downstairs room, above the dealer's room, and I see her going like this and, and pointing her finger at the guy's chest, and then I see her put her hands out to the side, like what the hell are you talking about and then she stops. And the guy says something like he throws his arms in the air, like what the hell are you talking about or something like that and I see her turn and she points all the way down to the end of the line where this staffer is, and I and I see her like gesturing her finger like, like pointing your finger like repeatedly at this guy and i see her just going to town at this this poor guy and he has no idea what's going on he's got these glasses and his this black slicked hair and so i see him stalk down there and i'm close enough to where this guy is that i, I hear bits and pieces of the conversation and he's basically starts yelling i saying are you telling people that the masquerade's been canceled and uh, something like he says something like fuck no and then the, the I'm guessing this guy must have been in charge of something, maybe in charge of that particular part of the convention or that, that particular line, and he says don't use that language, this is a family convention he's like, I'll use whatever fucking language I want I didn't fucking tell anybody the masquerade's been cancelled or something to that effect there's a lot of F-bombs being dropped from this guy anyways, they get into it, into an actual shouting match on the floor of the convention you know, down underneath uh, the overhang where this bridge is, leading into uh, and again, this is the line above the dealer's room to get in Every, everybody stops and turns like it's like somebody said about face and everybody turns to the left and they're watching this thing play out and then they start talking low and I, I I don't understand what's being said all I know is it's ended end all the guy the staff of the Stafford hard ass says fuck you and fuck your convention he takes his badge off throws it at the guy's chest and storms off as I see him walking away and I see him go up the escalator the guy gets on his, his walkie talkie they all had these um, what was in walkie-talkie was a walkie talkie it was a radio and they all had it attached to their shoulders only some of the staffers had them so I'm guessing those guys were in charge and I see him say something into him, into his uh, microphone or his uh, walkie talkie and the guy goes up the escalator and we watch him and he goes to the right because there's like glass railing so you could see him and he's kind of pushing his way through the people. Then he heads back up, down towards the main doors of the convention. He gets about 50 feet, and it takes a minute because there's so many people, he can't just go up there and press his way through. And he's a big guy to begin with. I see him stopped by two new, two other staffers. And it has security written on the back of their, their um, shirts, in white lettering, on their black shirts. It says Otakon staff in the front and then security in the back. Now, looking at these people, they're security in name only. One of them is a Big Mac short of blowing away in a stiff breeze. The other one is a, a Big Mac short of a heart attack. Not exactly the most intimidating pair, but they're security. And I see him talking to him, and the guy's gesturing. He's pointing his finger in the one guy's chest. Long story short, too late, they escort... I'm assuming they escort this guy out, because they, they both get... One gets in front of him, one gets behind him, and they kind of like frog march him out the door. Uh, or, well, I'm assuming out the door, but they went... Ba- they went uh, down towards the front of the convention, and then past the overhang, so We couldn't see what else happened. So I'm guessing they escorted the gentleman out of the convention center. The guy walks over. The guy on the ground, in the meantime, walks back over to the lady, to this girl that's sitting next to him, and I see him take the bullhorn. He puts the bullhorn to his lips, and he walks up and down the aisle saying, uh, "My, te- "'Your attention, please. I want to put a rumor to, uh, to bed here.'" The cosplay has not been canceled. It is still going on. That was only a rumor. We've taken care of it. There is no problem. The cosplay will take place. Everybody starts cheering and clapping, and the one the one girl comes behind me. She pats me on the back. She's like, "Thanks for telling us. If you hadn't said anything, who knows?" And the the three guys that Jason was talking to, and he's still talking to him. I see him. They all come up and they shake his hand, and and the one guy pats him on the shoulder, and he comes back and says, "Man, they were thanking me for saving the cosplay." <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care. <laughs> that poor bastard. He had no clue what was going on. <laughs> he, pro- he probably would have been fine if he hadn't gone off and on the-, on the officer guy or whoever it was came up and started talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm a bastard. All right, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, later. Th- <laughs> best memory ever. So we we went we went to a couple other panels. Uh, we went to the dealers room again. We eventually got down there. Mim bought a couple more things. I didn't buy anything at the convention center because everything's overpriced. What I do is I write down what animes I want, and then I go on eBay later and buy them a lot cheaper. I don't even care if they're the Hong Kong imports. What the hell do I care? Yeah, I know we're past eleven o'clock. We're just gonna keep going, folks. There's a lot more to get to. Anyways, we'll skip right to the cosplay because there wasn't a whole lot happening on Saturday afternoon. The cosplay kicked off at seven o'clock. Now. Two years ago, there was 101 entries, meaning 101 different groups had a skit on stage dressed up as one particular character. And you have to go back and and download some of my older shows to hear the highlights of that one. Last year, there was 57 entries. Two years ago, it took four hours to get through. Last year, it took a little over two and a half. This year, when it was all said and done, it was 41 entries. A little less than two hours. They had four hours blocked off for this thing. Took less than two hours. Very disappointing. I'm not gonna. I can't blame the convention. It wasn't their fault, except that, from what I understand, it's a pretty big hassle to try and do a skit because you only get one microphone. The audio system is terrible because you've got to mix your own music. So, whatever, whatever the reason, there's only 41 skits. So this one guy. This is the Firefly stories. so pay attention, folks. And I will tell you, I was surprised at how many different Firefly related shirts I saw. Now, I only started watching this this TV show. It's a, it's a TV show that was on for one season and was canceled before all the shows were aired. It's by Josh Whedon, the guy who made Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's sci-fi meets a western, to give you an idea. One of the best shows I've ever seen. It only lasted one season. Anyways, this guy comes out on stage and he's dressed in blue jeans. He's His name he was like John, John Chin Ling. He was American, very ch- Chinese had a Chinese name, obviously American. And he comes out, and he says, you know, I'm going to dedicate this first song to these two girls, and he gave the girls' names, who I just met yesterday and have given me the best weekend of my life. And of course, everybody goes, Ooh, ah, ha, 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 and they all start laughing. And he says, you know, just keep going with whatever it is you're doing, and don't give up, and don't let anyone ever tell you that you have no you know, musical talent or whatever. And he comes out, and he's got a violin. And he sets up, and he starts playing, and he played some anime song, and he, uh, the people started cheering, and they thought it was kind of cool. And you have to understand that the First Man Arena probably sits about 15,000 people. I'd say three quarters of the place was filled. I'm thinking there's five, six thousand people at, at the cosplay. That's how big this is. And he says, and he, and he finishes the song, it takes about two minutes. I'm not entirely sure what it had to do with anime, other than the song, because he wasn't dressed up in anything. Because cosplay means costume role-playing. So then he, he stops playing, and everybody's you know clapping, like, polite clap, you know, applause. And he says, how about one more? And everybody's like, yeah, okay, we'll do one more. And he says, alright, I'd like to dedicate this last song to Wash and Shepherd Book. And the rest of the crew of the Serenity. At this, that's as far as he got. He said something afterward, and I never heard it because everybody started clapping and cheering and blew the roof off. Biggest pop of the night, no joke. Ask anybody who was there; they'll tell you. Just blew the roof off. They went screaming. I, I was. I had no idea what to do. I was looking at Miriam, and she was looking at me like, "I didn't know this thing was that popular." It's only on DVD. We're like, what the fuck? And everybody's going nuts. So he starts playing the uh, Battle of the Serenity, which is the intro song to Firefly on his uh, on his violin. And he, I think he missed like one note. And uh, everybody whips out, since you can't have any lighters or anything, obviously, in the arena, People, everybody whips out their cell phones. And there's got to be 3,000 cell phones. And everybody starts waving in the air as he's playing the, the Battle of the Serenity. There was a standing encore for this kid... Who was okay at the violin for a good two solid minutes? I am surprised. It has nothing to do with anime, but I, I scratch my head when I start reading, uh, you know, about the different you know Firefly uh, movements that are going on with with different people, different fans, brown coats or whatever. When I start noticing these things at a convention, an anime convention of all things, that speaks volumes. It tells me this is extremely popular, and I really hope that eventually Fox sells the rights to somebody and they bring their show back. I don't know if I've ever seen a TV show, me personally, have never seen a TV show have that kind of effect or following on people and I'm not talking like a Star Trek convention, because if you're going to a Star, Con- Star Trek convention, you're there because you like Star Trek. This is an anime convention where there isn't a whole lot of crossover of interest. People who watch Firefly aren't necessarily anime fans, and vice versa. So when 5,000-plus people start screaming their heads off over a TV show that was 16 episodes long and only aired eight of them, or nine of them, and had a movie made. That's huge to me. That was the highlight, I thought, would be the highlight of the evening. There's more. We left the cosplay, um, and we went to another panel. We actually went to the game room for a while, and we went to a panel. And then it was about 10 o'clock, and we decided we were going to go out to eat. So we went to Hooters again. Yeah, Air for Life, have you ever seen Cowboy Bebop? It's like that, except live action. It's a cross between a western and um, sci-fi. You have to see it, all I can tell you. So we go into Hooters, and there was, a, there was a waiting line. We went in there, and I happened to go up and go to the bathroom, which is located in the VIP section. And the, or- the Yankees were in town to play the Orioles. And I had mentioned to Miriam on Friday. I said, "I bet you, if we go one of these nights to Hooters, we'll see a couple of the players there after the game because I'm sure it's a, it's a hangout for them." Oh no, that won't happen because we know a couple hangouts in Cleveland where, like, the professional wrestlers go to when they're in town. We know what the hotel they stay at. You know, we know where some of the uh, the basketball players and some of the baseball players stay at when they're in Cleveland. You can go there ahead of time and see them. At any rate, so I go back there and I see a couple of the Japanese guests that were in town for Oticon. I saw one of the guys from ESPN that does uh, Sunday night, or yeah, Sunday night baseball, or Sunday morning baseball. I'm sorry, Saturday afternoon baseball. Who was there? And I go to the bathroom, and I come back, and we finished our meal. And as we're leaving, there's this guy walking towards us. And I like their wings, and Miriam likes their wings, and she likes their chili too. We went there for the food. I trust me. I don't look at a lot of women since I met Miriam, to be honest. I don't look at any women. And no, she's not in the room anymore, so I can say that. She got up and left. She's mad at me because I told the uh, the story. She thinks we're gonna get in trouble now because somebody from is gonna find out that you know this fat ass got in trouble because of a made up story, and it's gonna come back. They're gonna find out who Emperor is, and they're gonna search the records to find out where I live, and, and somehow I'm gonna get in trouble, and she's gonna get in trouble. Anyways, there's this guy, there's this dude walking towards us, and he's wearing a, this this Yankees jersey, and it's not an actual game jersey. It's like a just like a a fan jersey you can buy like a like a team shop, and he's wearing khaki shorts and sandals. And he's getting closer, and I, and I do a double take. And I said, Is that Derek Jeter? And she's like, no, Derek Jeter's not gonna be wearing a Yankees uniform or Yankees jersey outside of a game. And he gets closer, and l- this guy is big. I'm, I'm not just talking; he's like six foot one, six foot two. So he's not he's not tall, tall, but I we're talking thick like barrel chested big muscles he gets closer and closer and I do a double take and it's it's Derek Jeter and I, I wave to him and I'm wearing my Indian's hat so what the hell am I think? I, I wave my hand and say like, hey what's going on It's like hey how you doing sounds like Derek Jeter looks like Derek Jeter he's wearing more gold on him than I see in most jewelry stores and he, he's got and he, he has this chick with him oh, I don't look at any other women I at least I don't find him attractive but trust me any of you would find this chick hot. I mean smoking hot. They're going into Hooters as we're leaving. And Miriam turns to me and she and she's holding my arm. She's like, Was that who was that? That looked familiar. And I said, That's Derek Fucking Jeter. So we stopped and she looked back and I looked back and and I could see that the manager lady, uh, there's this manager of the Hooters Girls comes running up to the to the front where he is. He goes, There's a line waiting to get it, he just walks right up to the podium. And, you know, he shakes some hands and he goes right back, they escort him right back in. And I turned to him and I said, if that's not Derek Jeter, that guy is the best lookalike ever because they just took him and sat him down in front of 30 other people waiting in the restaurant. So that was kind of cool. So then we're off. And this is the final story I'll tell you about Oticon because nothing really happens uh, on Sunday that was of any note. This, though, I've been waiting to tell you. And I know several of you people from this panel are listening tonight at my invitation there was this panel called where's the buffet what the fuck WTB question mark WTF now when I first saw it in the book I thought it said want to buy what the fuck but I read it and it goes on to say that it's a satirical panel about funny things that have happened to these panelists at other conventions You don't have to like baseball to know who Derek Jeter is. He plays for the New York Yankees. It's a shortstop. The Prince of New York. Anyways. And it goes on to say that this is a sociological look at the different panelists who have had uh, funny experiences at different conventions. All those attending know that you may be picked out of the crowd at any point in time for fun and and comedy, comedy. Right? That's all the book says. That's it. So we're thinking, okay, this will be some different con staffers from different conventions telling us anecdotes and stories and jokes about things that have happened to them at other conventions. So we go there. We sit down amongst 300 or so other people while these 12 panelists get up front and they sit down in front of us. One of them looks like Jack Black in a, a drunken uh, rut. The guy next to him looks like a throwback of some reject from that 70s show. Then there's the fat hoe in the center. And I mean, when I say fat, I'm talking F-A-T, not P-H-A-T. Who then proceeds to tell us that she's drunk. And of course, before the panel the even starts, they all start saying, fuck you. Yeah, if you don't like it, get the fuck out of here. And they all want to make a point of saying the F word. Well, in and of itself, saying the F word is not funny. It may seem out of place at an anime convention that's supposed to be for a for family. Now, this did take place at one o'clock in the morning, so it could be classified as eighteen and over. So then they tell us, "Oh, this is this is uh, if anybody is offended, then get the fuck out now while you can." So I look at Miriam and she looks at me and says, "Okay, this it's a trash talking panel." Where this is gonna go on, they're gonna trash talk people. Uh, fine. And I'm and I I'll tell you, I stay, I sat through this abortion of a panel in the hopes that I would get a microphone and get the talk. But of course they don't give microphones out to the crowd, they simply make fun of them. So people are are realize what this is gonna be and a lot of people get up and leave, especially towards the back of the room. Oh yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you fucking so get the fuck out of here. You can't stay on the panel. Oh there are fucking bushes. And they're screaming at the people who get up and leave. And the Miriam sits and turns to me and... Yeah, I'm telling... Yeah, I'm telling about the What's the Face story. Yeah, that one. Them bastards. Uh-huh. Yeah, two of them are listening tonight. I hope you are, you fat little shits. Listen to me. I'm going to show you what a trash-talking session is like. Fucking assholes. Listen, this is how it should have gone. I'm sorry. Let me... I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me explain what the rest of it was. So she turns to me and says, Well, we can't leave now. I don't want to get screamed at said, all right, we'll just sit here. So then they go on and they tell us that they're from our, um, they say all but one of us are from OhioCon, which is our personal, or not our personal, but our home convention in Ohio. And a lot of them are from Ohio State. Uh, thanks for the information, completely useless. Even though I'm a Buckeye. Oh, no, this had very little to do about anime Divine Justice and everything to do about Offensive. So then they go progress. They progress through the first ten minutes where they're screaming at people, telling everybody to fuck off. They they tell everybody to go out and smoke weed and drink. And yes, two of them are listening. And I challenged them to. And li- I'm sorry, I didn't challenge. I invited them to listen because I had a disagreement as to what their panel should have been. So rather than converse with me, I simply invited them to listen to the show tonight. I see neither one of them, at least that I can tell, are in IRC tonight so I see they're also chicken shits on top of being talentless motherfuckers. But I'll get to that. First things first. Ten minutes into the show, all of a sudden they say they stop and say, all right, time for some pictures. They then put up some of the most offensive, disgusting pictures in van- I have ever seen. Smurf porn of vanity and um, handy. Or whatever the hell his name is. They had porn of... Um, what is it? Danny Phantom and Danny Phantom Ghost Form. They had some movie they got off the internet of a dog screwing another dog and then vomits all over it. And it's just one picture after another after another. And I looked at Miriam and I said, what the hell? What, what, what does this have to do with anything? She's like, oh my god, this is we wouldn't look at the pictures. The guy, they had the one picture of this guy in a rubber suit with all these rubber uh, dicks sticking off of him. No, it wasn't hentai. This wasn't hentai. Hentai is porn. This wasn't. This was simply done for the simple fact to gross people out. And it was a complete ambush. Nowhere in the manual did it say offensive language followed by the most disgusting offensive material you can ever have, you can ever see. And they eventually said, well, if you guys like hente, you'll like this. Why did I say that this uh, is hentai? Oh, Tiroth has seen the one with the dogs. Why am I not surprised? This does not surprise me. I am all for expressing yourself. I am against a lo- some degrees of censorship. But, th- I, uh, again, let me finish. This continues on. Throughout the entire they had another picture of like Poseidon jerking off for no apparent reason with some dolphins. They had one of Jesus Christ jerking off. That one oh, really fired me up. This was a complete ambush. Very few people knew what the hell was going on. People are getting up and leaving left and right at this point. Oh yeah, fucking pushes there. Another screaming of people are getting up and leaving. This after telling people that you people are too uptight and you should Get drunk and smoke weed when you come to conventions, and this, that, and the other. I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, bad enough. Yeah, you people are prime examples. The fat bitch in the front says, oh, I'm, I'm drunk right now. I'm trying to do this panel. Do you be surprised how many panels I've done, uh, drunk and oh, I gotta pee, but I'm not gonna pee. I may pee myself, and this one on for five minutes. I, th- th- this is comedy. And, of course, you will always get some kind of audience when focusing to the lowest common denominator. And let me tell you, at 1.30 in the morning, we were amongst the lowest common denominator. The smelly, washless, talentless fuckos that were there. I, I, Hero, it wasn't a self-expression. It was done simply to get a rise out of the crowd. To discuss them. That's what the whole point of this was. Then they start telling us stories about people they hate. They hate parents that come to the anime panels, so which are panels specifically set up to explain to parents what their kids are watching. Then they hate hentai panels, and they hate yaoi panels. Well, they don't hate the panels. They hate the people that go to them. The, the stupid dyke at the far right, and she looks like one. She probably is. Bitter, ugly, fat little hairy motherfucker. Goes on. Oh, I hate people who don't like Yahweh and come to the Yahweh panels and and all these little girls. Like ah, oh, I don't like I like Yahweh because it's man on man. How is this funny? Is there a story that goes along with this, or you just say you don't like people because of this, that, and the other? And that's fine if that's what the whole panel was. Except I was expecting stories. Damn it, I didn't. We didn't get any. Oh uh, no, we got one. I, I'm sorry. One person gave a semi-coherent story about. Something. Yeah. Well, apparently this is the group that does the hentai panels, and then they joke and say, "Oh, but we're also the ones who do the parent panels." (laughs) Ha 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 ha! Funny. So then they um, they go to the crowd and like, "Well, we want four people to give up and tell us their worst anime stories, or their anime stories, their anime horror stories." The conventions, and we'll give we'll let people vote on which one's the worst and we'll give you a prize, and we'll give the best person a prize. So they gave the best person prize, some some ghetto cereal, some cheap version of tricks, And they gave the loser a, 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 a douche and a bottle. A douche and bottle. And they took their pictures and put it on their website. Here's where I'm pissed. Bet enough... That, oh, 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 one of them is responding. Oh, I'm glad you're listening. Listen carefully. The guy at the far end, the 70s show called. They want their gimmick back. If it didn't work for them, it isn't going to work for you. The fat ass sitting next to him, which apparently is the person who's contacting me right now, yeah, Jack Black called. He wants his gimmick back. He's not much funny. He's not very funny. You certainly aren't. To the fat hole in the center, no, it's not funny if you pretend you're drunk. It's not funny if you are drunk. You're not funny. You're just ugly. And the next time you have to go to the bathroom, don't worry, let me know. I'll call the Oompa Loompas and we'll roll your ass to the bathroom. To the far chick on the right who looks like a duck you probably are. But don't sit here and bash people who go to the Yuri panels because if they didn't, you wouldn't have a living. You are Yuri. It's you and whatever other woman you've got. I'm assuming you're the butch one. To the chick on the very far right, I think her name was Jenny or Jean whatever the hell her name was she spoke twice the entire time and I can see why don't pretend to be Lisa Simpson because you're not don't talk and it, like you have some kind of authority about the different panels you go to when even you say uh, throughout the whole thing well I can't remember this well I can't remember that well I can't remember this well if you can't remember a story why are you taking up an hour and a half of my time supposedly telling me one? Oh, and especially to the dude in the front who is running the computer who shown the slides up on the screen Folks, I do not lie when I tell you this. This person very well may have been Andy Dick. Spitting image. Rail thin, thick glasses, looks like a fag. Probably the same guy who kept on trying to use fuck every time he talked. The problem is, he kind of said a little lower than the rest of his tone. It's like fuck, I have to go to the bathroom. You fucking suck. Like he was a little afraid to use it. Like he wasn't used to using the F word. And that's what it really comes down to. It wasn't so much the fact that you were not funny. It was more along the lines of you weren't as advertised. You didn't tell any stories that were entertaining when you did tell stories. And the fact is, just because you use the F word doesn't make you entertaining. Doesn't make you funny. And you all are god awful ugly. You are the very epitome of what it is to be an anime fan. You can pretend to be drunk, you can pretend to be high, or whatever it is. Look, you're not. Because if that's how you act drunk, I consider you even more boring than you are in normal life when you're sober. This was an abortion of a panel that should never have existed. Otakon should be embarrassed they put this crap on to begin with. And I find it very entertaining, and very not surprising at all, that you do not have a forums on your website which is where's the buffet.com. there is no contact information no forums no feedback thanks for giving us your website too bad you don't give us an outlet to talk back to you i wonder why so you can point people out and this is what really aggravated me somebody challenged them um... actually highlander challenged them highlander1g who I won't go into exactly what he is, let's just say he's a higher up amongst other conventions, and challenged them on it because they advertised themselves as being part of a convention that they're not. They came back and said that one of the things was they weren't actually picking people out specifically when making fun of them. And yet, here they were, during the entire panel, picking people out that they had seen at the convention, giving their descriptions, giving their first names in the cases that they knew them, where they had seen them. In one case, they're making fun of a girl because she was having a discuss- discussion with them after a hente panel about the fact that she's not too, uh, she she's not very comfortable with Hente being at a family convention. They describe her, name her, what she looks like, the whole nine yards, to the point where the people in the front row, and I'm assuming they weren't kidding, Raised, the guy raised a hand and said, that's the person we're rooming with. We can sympathize. And then she, said, she turned around and said, is her name so-and-so? And they said, yes, so-and-so with her last name. Oh, but they don't point anybody out specifically. No, 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 no. Well then, in the spirit of not pointing people out specifically, I've just pointed out every one of you motherfuckers who has no business being at a convention or running a panel of any kind. And I sincerely hope that the conventions like Anime Central that they've been to, Anime Boston, Oticon, OhioCon, and the rest, who they claim to have done panels with and bragged about being drunk when they do most of it, is now aware that these assholes are up there doing this, or at least claiming to be drunk while doing their panels. This reflects on your convention. And I do happen to know that some of the Otakon staffers, some of the people on the board, are very embarrassed about this panel having taken place. Now, they claim they told Otakon ahead of time what exactly it is that they were going to do, and Otakon approved it. Maybe that's so. I'm guessing most Otakon didn't have an idea exactly how far they were going to take it. Thank you, Terrell, for trying to find the dog gif. That is how you trash talk people. That is how you be entertaining. And that is how you point people out. That is the difference between what I do every Sunday and what you try to do at at an anime convention. Ah, they do have contact info. Thank you, Grave Bloom. I had to get it through a friend of mine who works at a different convention from from a specific convention website he got it from. How interesting the brown food thank you of course if you're going to contact crap you might as well contact the color that looks like it oh logged off tisk 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 can't take it i see you can go up in front of 300 people at a convention run your mouth make fun of everybody there oh but as soon as somebody on the big bad radio in a market An audience, that's far bigger than any that you've ever gotten to. Oh, it's time to log off and head for the hills. Well, in his defense, it is 1130, probably past his bedtime, and I'm guessing his mom probably busted him. The other one hasn't responded to me at all. She's still on instant messenger. (laughs) I owned him so hard he fell off the internet. Ah, there you go. And it's just an embarrassment. I don't care if you're going to go up there and make fun of people or you're going to tell stories. You know what? Give people a chance to respond. They wouldn't give the microphone to anybody. They wouldn't let anybody in the audience respond. All right? But if you're going to talk to people people in the abstract, you don't sit there and give out descriptions, names, where they can be found, everything else. At the convention you're at. Anyways, folks, we've gone way over where we're supposed to. It's 11.30. Well, you know what? Sorry, it had to be said. The only other thing that uh, really happened on the uh, trip was the fact that Yankee fans are a plague upon the land. When we went to the Orioles game on Sunday, there was at least... Harrow, I don't know. There was four women on the panel. Apparently this is one of them. I don't know which. I, I don't know. Now, I'm going to be a little classier than they are and not going to give out their AOL Instant Messenger accounts, the two that I have. Although, if I do get my hands, if they give me permission to, I'll be more than happy to put it out to all of you. At any rate, when we went to the Orioles game, at least half the stadium was Yankee fans. And Captain Yards is a nice ballpark, but it's not Jacobs Field. Yes, Tiroth said it's the dog one where the one dog is screwing the other dog and then falls off, and then vomits, and then starts eating it immediately. That is what they played. That's entertaining. And nothing at all what people were expecting. That's what really, really upset me. Not just the material that they used, but the fact that it was an ambush. Nobody knew about this. Well, I'm glad they advertised themselves as bitches, because as of tonight, they're all my bitches. And it shouldn't be hard to figure out which one I was. I was the guy in the light blue polo with the very nice-looking khaki shorts and the Cleveland Indians hat that sat in the center of the uh, front row. I'm sorry, center of the fifth row in center seats. Now you know who it was if you happen to have been looking. There you have it. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, yes, I am way past my deadline. I am way over the mark. Uh, wow, two and a half hour show. Uh, a little longer than we normally go. All right, folks, uh, we got to pay the bills before we get out of here, so uh, bear with me here. So there you go. You have your Oticon story. Uh, topics tonight, again, uh, we discussed E3, Electronic, uh, oh God, Electronic Entertainment Expo, whatever. Uh, World of Warcraft and British Crusade. We also talked about Oticon and the where's of the Fade. Fuckos have been owned. Totally and completely here tonight. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning in. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be doing this, to be honest. I want to thank our sponsors, theHarborBlueGroup.com, for all your e commerce needs. Go to it, theHarborBlueGroup.com. Again, I want to thank Mystic Man for mixing all the music and being the engineer tonight, uh, in and out, even though I told us the forbidden story. I changed the uh, staffer's name to Stafford Hardass to protect the moronic and ignorant. Uh, definitely check out, don't forget, Programming Note, Air for Life's show, uh, A State of Warcraft, airs every Wednesday on the website at onejuraborn.com. Download it for all your Warcraft 3 interests. Also, hopefully coming this Thursday, we will debut a new show. Uh, starring a person whose name I will not give out. More details to follow at OneYearBorn.com. Check it out. All our shows are archived there, also on the RadioLinkNet.com site. Folks, it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed it. This has been the Emperor of the Emperor's Court saying bad manners are better than no manners at all. I'll see you next week, Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. So long, everybody.